thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for welcoming us into your home, into your car, into your earbuds, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to us. Uh, thanks for listening. Jordan is a child. We are LOTL. Uh, my name's Dan. With me here as always, Jimmy. The Jimmy Meister. What's up? Jordan. Yo. And we have a couple guests tonight. Jordan. We have some guests. What do we got? They are from the great state of Michigan. Well, great. Um, loose term. Well, uh, okay. Um, their name, uh, this is John. What's up? Like, I pointed at him like the yep. people can see. <laughs> yep. And then we also have his brother, David. Hello there. Uh, sometimes you go by Dave. Yeah, so. usually by Dave. Usually Dave. I would I would say Dave. This is informal. We'll say Dave. Doesn't yeah. Have to be yeah. Dave. Yeah. So they're uh, they're my buddies, longtime buddies from Michigan. Um, we've uh, wasted many hours playing Call of Duty and eating pizza and just, and watching you know, sports. Yeah, watching a lot of sports. <coughs> that's for sure. Um, so we're going to be talking mainly uh, like we always do, uh, all things Cleveland uh, <clears> in our <throat> topics. But it's going to be interesting to have. A little bit of an out-of-town feel yeah. uh, towards them, so um, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. So they've been here before too, so I'll be interested. Not to... here. No, I mean like they've been to Cleveland. I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've been in your house. You didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, have you noticed that curtain kept moving? Well. <laughs> have you ever seen Scream? Wait, is that the one where the curtain? Never mind. You're thinking of Scary Movie. Yes. <laughs> so that, that train. Jordan, we want to keep it on the tracks. As much as you don't want to. We want to keep it on the tracks. So uh, what were you just uh, taking a sip of there, uh, Ooh, yes. Mr. Gonzalez? So the beer of the week is a really fun one. Um, I have, I got, I sampled this a few weeks ago. for uh, Ohio City Festival, actually. It's Platform's Yammy Yammy. It is a sweet potato ale, which a lot of people might think sounds weird, except it basically is just a pumpkin ale. You want to try it, Jimmy? So, Jimmy, try it. Try it, no. Jimmy. Jimmy's drinking okay. coffee. Remember, wow. he's not 21 yet. That's true. You're going to throw off my palate. I'd eat oh, the I'm whole sorry. version oh. of the cold brew. Okay. And Jimmy's going cold brew on us. He's drinking some cold brew. So, uh, anyway, uh, as always, guys... Uh, Thanks for, like we said, listening to our podcast, but we also have another arm of uh, Living Off the Land, uh, our website, lotlpodcast.com. Uh, <laughs> have we updated it this week? No, we didn't. Oh, it's been a, okay. It's been I probably shouldn't even busy. have brought it up. It's kind of a busy week, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to it. We actually have some exciting news coming up about uh, the website that yes. I'm not going to talk about today because I still have to finalize it, but um, possibly some new content coming yeah. to our website. Um, so that'll be cool. It would be really cool. But uh, let's... Uh, Are we done talking about Yammy Yammy, though? I oh. really like this beer. My bad. I'm sorry. Just one more thing I just I just, try, I just tried it, it today for the first time. It is good. What did I you don't, think? I don't taste sweet potato in it at all. What, what do you taste, though? Like, it's, it's a like fall a, beer? It's like a... Yeah, like a... I, it's not like... Like, you said it was pumpkin-esque. Mm-hmm. I don't taste any pumpkin it's very it's like a yeah. It, it's festy. it's kind of like an Oktoberfest, but it doesn't quite have that bite that most Oktoberfests. You're right. Have. It is a smoother. It's not. A, yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, that bite. Is but bad. it says right on the can. It's uh, lightly spiced. <laughs> I can taste a little bit of spice in it. I don't know exactly what. They have caramel and caramel, um, and it says it's very smooth. Which I would say yes, it is very smooth. Yeah. They have they have molasses. Actually, not caramel. It's molasses. Oh, it so. says caramel right on the can. 
That's the flavor, but it actually has molasses in it. Okay, well, I didn't say what I didn't say. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I just said it said caramel on the can. Yeah, well, I was talking about the ingredients. Well, I don't care what you Stop your... being a beer stop, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, did you guys bring me some Detroit brews? Did not. Okay. No. Fake friends. I see. This is the All Things Cleveland podcast, Jordan, so. You know, we're talking about a Cleveland brew. We are. Platform. Yeah, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, platform. You can get it there at uh, Platform in Ohio City on Lorraine. Or you can get it at pretty much... I mean, you can get it at Giant Eagle. Yeah, it's I got, I got it at it's, a, a liquor store right down the street. Yeah, it's everywhere. You can get it anywhere. So, uh, really good. Really, uh, really good flavor. So, uh, we talked about that. We talked about the website. Uh, let's just preview real quick what we're going to be talking about in the episode tonight. Uh... We got a interesting top five that we're going to go through with everybody um, this week. We're going to go through our favorite jersey uh, designs from any sport. Could have picked any sport. Any year. Any, any era, year. Including the medieval era. Yeah, so we'll go through that. Uh, that should be interesting to find out. Um, we've got our poll of the week, which is we're going to tie into uh, some of our sports talk uh, with our well, we'll talk about it when we get there because I'm not quite ready to talk about it yet. Wow. I wonder what it's about. Oh, shut up, Jordan. <laughs> uh, we're going to get into uh, the fallout from UFC 229. Uh, not really much Cleveland, but uh, Jimmy's a big-time UFC fan. so. Oh, we uh, also have a, a local legend that sometimes... Um, well, yeah, Steve, I mean, but he yeah. wasn't involved. No, no, well, I understand. But we I actually, we will talk we, about him yeah, a little bit because yeah. there's a lot of interesting things that is coming out just the last day or two with the UFC that I'm pretty fired up about. And it, involve, it involves our boy Stipe. So That's right. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, we will get into the Browns and their big uh, overtime win against division rival Baltimore. Uh, we'll talk some more Baker, how he's progressing. Um, and then we'll pre- preview uh, the what's turned out to be a pretty huge game coming up uh, this Sunday down at the stadium versus uh, the Chargers. How cool is that? That it's actually like a game everyone's. I'm trying to find to. tickets. Yeah, I'm trying to find tickets to go down. I mean, everybody's looking forward to it now. If you would have asked us at the beginning of the year, I bet a lot of people were like, "Okay, we're probably going to be like one and four at yeah. that point." Oh right. And no one's going to really care. But it's actually like, oh no, this is like a this is a big game. Like, yeah. This is. It. And honestly, I mean, we'll get into it, but uh, had Tyrod Taylor not gotten hurt in the Jets game, there's a very realistic chance that the Browns would be 0-4 and one. Uh, coming into mm-hmm. this game, and it wouldn't mean yeah. anything. But because of what happened and uh, Baker's emergence, um, you know, the Browns are alive again. So uh, we'll do that. And then I guess we'll talk about the division series, the Indians and the Scrubstros. The Scrubstros. So <laughs> the we'll, we'll, let, we'll let Jordan uh, have his uh, 15 seconds of glory. That's all it's going to be. Give you a and round then, of applause, uh, and that's it. Oh, cool. I'll actually, no, I actually like no, no, round no, of applause. No, no, Golf no. clap. Golf clap. No, right, okay, no, right. no, no. Where's that sounder, man? I want a boo track. Boo. I know. Boo. We're in the soundboard. <laughs> we're working on it. We can play one. Remember when I kept trying to play those sound effects, and they were really weird? <laughs> well, that's because you're really weird. Well, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, that uh, we'll go over that. Uh, we'll kind of go mm-hmm. over, um, you know, kind of what happened. Uh, who's to blame about that just collapse uh in the playoffs and more and, importantly uh, i think what's next yeah that as well or what should what's be going next. to happen what yeah. should be next so uh we'll get into all that uh we've got 
a uh, couple reviews that uh, we're going to go over. Jordan's been to a couple spots in the past week that he wants to uh, talk about a little bit. Yeah. And then we'll preview some events coming up in the city. Um, some that we've talked about already, but that we're just going to highlight. And then we have, I think, at least one brand new one yeah. that we talked about. Yep. So mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what we're going to get into today. Um, hopefully, we're going to start getting back to posting the times of each um, of each section. That way... People can go to. I know it's a lot of information, so people can go to what they what they're most interested in. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's get started here. Let's get our uh, guests involved here. Let's go through our top five of the week. Guests. And uh, what is our top sports jerseys and uniforms out there? So I don't know who want, whoever wants to go first. Let's see. Let's have the guests go first. Okay. Dave okay. or John, you ready? Or? Oh, I'll go. Um, okay. We'll start with my. Uh, we'll start with number five. We'll do the old countdown. Uh, Wait, I'm, who's talking right now? This is John. Okay. I know. Me and David sound alike. Me and Dave. Um, <laughs> Brothers, man. Me and my brother sound alike too. <laughs> but uh, this is this is my top five. Uh, Jimmy and his sister sound alike. It's all good. He's like, yep. I sound just like her. No, number five is one of personal favorites of mine. I they never won an NBA title, but thank goodness the, to the Rockets. That's true. But I absolutely adored the 1990s Orlando Magic, Penny Hardaway, Shaquille pinstripes. O'Neal, the pinstripes. Now more the black or the white? Which or the blue. Personally, I like the or white. Or the blue. The, yeah, but, yeah. but I think all three, that's why I put it on there, all three are really good. They're okay. really solid. Yeah. Um, I like the old school star logo with the swoosh in it. And that's, that's classic. Um, number four for me might be a little bit obscure, but I absolutely adore the 70s. I don't know what they were they were like spandex almost or what they were they're like, like so i don't know but they're like a, a yeah. like a top they weren't buttoned down because most baseball jerseys are but the 1970s atlanta braves <coughs> i you know hank aaron were these the ones okay so oh were they the ones that were they were just literally like pullover. the shirts yeah, yeah it's like a pullover yeah yeah they weren't buttoned down it was yeah. like a 70s most, a lot of teams style. did that in the 70s i like all the indians of them. did that yes they did yeah. um one of my favorites is the tigers but i actually like the atlanta braves a little bit better White sleeves, blue, oh, script yeah. braves. I don't know if you can see it. Now, I mean, yeah, anybody, yeah. just Google Hank Aaron. Yeah, you'll yeah. see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's classic. I love that jersey. Um, another one I like, I grew up watching Barry Sanders, of course, being oh, Detroit. Gosh. 1990 Detroit Lions jerseys. That's my favorite football player growing up was Barry Sanders. Oh, man. That's it. But those jerseys, uh, the home jerseys in particular, can't beat them. So yeah. classic. I didn't – I so in the 90s, like when I really started following football, was like – Maybe one or two years before, but like when the Browns left, so I didn't even have a football team. So Barry Sanders is my favorite football player. So I know exactly. I mean, where his his from. iconic run against Dallas oh. in '91 is so good. It's any top five list of top five touchdowns in the NFL. That's got to be up there. It's <laughs> so good. Um, and everybody hates the Cowboys, right? Right. That's so right. We that's right. That. Amen to that. <laughs> uh, number two, I actually really like the 2000 Florida State college football jerseys okay chris winkie the heisman there's just something about that jersey that the with was the, that when they won the national championship yes when they had uh, uh peter warwick yep peter warwick um chris winkie i yeah. believe won the heisman trophy that year yeah i mean they were the kings of college football right but with the gold pants and the maroon reddish i mean yeah. that's you can't beat it that's yeah. so classic as jordan would say it's iconic iconic oh it really is <laughs> and i think it just looks What's the word? Snazzy? I don't know if that's Sna- the right... That's what old people say. <laughs> well, I, I'm an, I'm an old soul, so... Um, and number one, my personal favorite, the 1997 Detroit Red Wings home jersey. 
Now, anybody who follows the NHL now knows that the red jerseys, the colored jerseys, are the home jerseys, and the white are the road. Right, right. But before the lockout, it was the white jerseys that were the home jerseys. And that white jersey with uh, captain number 19, Steve Eiserman, let us all his great cups, the, the, Russian five, the Russian five. The boy. It's so simple, but it's lasted for forever. I mean, Gordy Howe and all these mm-hmm. great you know, hockey players, from the, and it's not changed. Yeah. It's like the Yankee pinstripes of hockey, yeah, and I'm a huge right. hockey fan, so yeah. right. it's, it's great. It's a great logo, great design. So that, that's my number mm-hmm. one is, is the Detroit Red Wings. All right, so might as well do my top five. David. Uh, all righty then. So my number five is the 1990 Chicago Bulls Road. Uh, pretty much you know, the general 90s, not a specific year. Sure. Um, just, like, just the design yeah. is so, so it's classic. pretty much immaculate. Was that was that the one where they had the script Chicago on the front? Uh, it's not. No, that would have been that 80s. Was, was that earlier? Yeah, that was, that was the 80s. Yeah. That was one of the block letters. Yeah. And that's pretty much all the pictures you see of Michael Jordan yeah, in the red. You know, with the red and the black contrasting mm-hmm. together, it just looks so good. Yeah. Classic. Um, and then for my number four, I would have to say the Green Bay Packers. Their home jersey specifically, not the throwback jerseys. Oh, <laughs> Those throwback ones <laughs> are so bad. Ones. Uh, They're like the Eagles throwback yeah. jerseys. Yeah, pretty much. Or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, ugly. Wow. Um, everything, right, about no, the, the, everything about Pittsburgh is ugly. Well, yeah, they are unchanged for the longest time. Um, they haven't had any bad jerseys since the really ugly ones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, and those were the throwback from the 20s. Yeah. yeah. So, all the Super Bowl wins, all the NFL championship wins, it's pretty much stayed the same. Yeah. With the well, G on the helmet, I mean, green and yellow, you really can't go wrong. Yeah, what's, uh, I mean, what's interesting about the Packers is, so when Nike came in and became the jersey sponsor for the NFL, I think in 2012... Um, everybody's collar changed. You can notice, like, yep. if you walk, look at everybody's collar, everybody's, the design of the collar changed, except for the Packers. Hmm. They still kept, like, that spandex-looking, like, stretchy yep. uh, material around the collar, and they're mm-hmm. the only team that kept that, just because mm-hmm. they're, they basically told the NFL and they told Nike, no. Well, they can do whatever they want, because they're the Packers. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> title time. And then my uh, number three would be the Boston Red Sox home jersey. I think Ooh, one of the. Do you things, hear that? You're gonna you're gonna see that a lot coming up. I, am. I think I won't because I'm not gonna watch it. But one of the things that really sets it apart, I think, is the fact that they use red edging on everything. Because yeah. the Tigers looks classic; it's been around forever. The Yankees is classic; it's been around forever. But the Red Sox using that red edging mm. and the fact that there's just red socks on it. Uh, yeah. It's just something about it is just so so classic. So classic. Yeah, I, I love I love the. Uh, Trying to think of the word. For it. classicness mm-hmm. of a lot of baseball uniforms. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of baseball uniforms that just flat out have not changed. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, then my number two, the Montreal Canadiens. I could have picked any of the original six because I do like all of them: Boston, yeah. uh, Chicago. Chicago's except I don't like Chicago because right, they're same. the Red Wings rivals. Same, yeah. So I had to pick the Canadiens. Um, it's just something. <clears throat> it's not, I think maybe just the. The Frenchiness of it, I guess that would be the word. Uh, I don't know what the That's funny. how to describe it, but it's well, just, it's cool colors. Uh-huh. It's cool colors, and it's the way it's designed. It's a throwback to the way old hockey jerseys were designed as sweaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. um, if you look at modern jerseys, it's all swoops. Yeah, and it's all weird patterns. But this is just solid bars. Blue and red. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah. It's very classic. Again, that red, that that iconic nature. Exactly. And then number one, I can't pick anybody else, but the Michigan Wolverines. 
You're, you're really. I mean, just trade them for prospects. Maze, <laughs> yes, Maze and Blue. They've been around forever. They're one of the first teams to have a helmet design of any kind. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes, uh, and I, I will they, admit the helmet design is iconic. That's right. <laughs> Still don't like them. Uh, and then they do mess around with it sometimes. I don't like when they do that. When they just do solid blue jersey mm. with yellow letters, yellow pants. Yes. No extra bits, no little silly stripes like they did in 2013. Yes. Where they added stripes all over it for some reason. Yes. And then they, they do that a lot of times with their white jerseys. They like they do. add like yellow like that's, all over. That's it. because they got a sponsorship from Jordan. Jordan, yeah. And so now oh, they can have right. free jerseys whenever they want, kinda like what Oregon does. Yeah. Because they have yeah. a Nike fan is there the other side so. that's gonna be I think Jimmy we saw a Jimmy preview he's on to something I, I will <laughs> say this though uh going back to Michigan jerseys I much as I hate Ohio State I wish Ohio State would stay with the classic Ohio State look when they mess yeah. around the black the jersey they mess around with everything that yeah. weird great thing they have especially because yeah. they, they're they're doing that every year with the Michigan game now right yeah which is it's, weird to me I a lot of times I like the helmet Right. And then I don't like the jersey that Ohio State does. Like when they do like yep. that black like helmet with like the it almost looks like broken glass like Yeah, the, it's like, weird. I like that. But I don't I I hardly ever like the jersey that they wear. See, one thing I wish they would do with the Michigan helmet though is bring pride stickers back. Yeah. Cuz oh. Ohio State's one of the few teams that still does pride stickers. Yeah, and it looks, and Michigan, and it looks Yeah, Michigan cool. still looks good yeah, because it's cool. it's their actual like like, they're the Buckeyes, so they actually put Buckeyes on their helmet. Yeah, and Michigan used to do, like, a Wolverine claw yeah. on the oh, helmet. Oh, okay. And it, lo- it looked great. It was the yellow sticker, and it, I think it looked good. It did. Um, it did. But not enough schools do that anymore, I think. Only a few, I think. Well, my Florida, the Florida State 2000 jersey oh, they, with a little tomahawk. Well, I think Florida on. State yep. still does. So yeah, they still, I think they still do, but that's yeah, when, some, when schools do prize stickers. It. Yeah, some it still do good. it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, for sure. So... Um, who wants to go next? You, Jordan, Jimmy. I'll go. Jimmy, oh, James. Jimmy's hyped. Jimmy's hyped. I'll go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Number five. Uh, I think when you think of the word throwback, this jersey has to come to mind. Uh, the Denver Nuggets '91, '92. Oh, those yeah. basketball jerseys yeah. with like the rainbow and the mountains. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you think of throwback, you got to think of those. Oh yeah. Uh, even I though agree. I wasn't alive during that time period, I can still Looking appreciate yeah, yeah, you yeah. know the design and all. All right, this one's probably going to make Dan a little angry. Number four, I don't know if it's against the rules to have, like, two jerseys, but uh, uh, it's the same sure. team. Oh, yeah, that's Ready? Fine. 2012 White Hot Miami Heat jerseys. Oh, my God. oh no. Okay. Although they're very He's basic, all white, I think they're all – I think it's just – a clean a cut look, <laughs> and then also, also, I rooted for LeBron. Back no, then. no, I didn't. But I can appreciate, you know, color scheme, even though there's no colors. Yeah. Anyways, even yeah. Exactly. <laughs> secondly, I can appreciate color scheme, but there's no colors. Secondly, the Miami Vice jerseys that they just released. Okay, those last were year, okay. Those years I, ago, I, I do like those. I, I so, cannot deny so Miami, those are absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah they got like, crazy. Those jerseys. I do like. Yeah. But those came out after LeBron left them, so I can be okay with them. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. And then number three, he hinted at it, uh, any Oregon football jersey. Oh, I don't no. care what year it is. I think no, every no, year no, they no. produce just crazy, no. creative oh, Oregon yeah. jerseys. But, they do, like, but like. they do ten different ones each year. And I, and they're all good. They're all so <laughs> cool. Last year they did that highlighter. Their pants, their shirt, and their helmet were all highlighter yellow. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> ugly. 
I don't mind it. I, no, <laughs> I, 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 I agree with Jimmy. I love that about it. In fact, they, it's they've, so cool. they've embraced the non-traditional yeah. aspect of their mm-hmm. jerseys, and that's what they are now. Like, They're very progressive. Yeah, well, yeah, thanks, yeah. Nike, for effing up the Browns jerseys. <laughs> but anyway. Anyways. <laughs> uh, number two, the UCLA basketball light blue jerseys. Iconic. I oh, think those yeah. are just iconic. Yeah. Just that, yeah. that shade of blue. Well, especially because they won like 20 titles. Yeah. Like With, the, the yeah. babyish blue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Coach Wooden. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Shout out to Lonzo Ball. Uh, number <laughs> one. <laughs> like number I said, one, a millennial. <laughs> number, come on now. Uh, number one. Um, this has a little bit of a, a sentimental feeling. Uh-oh. Behind it, Strongsville High School. Pretty, yep, Strongsville. Oh my God! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, the Cavs, 2016 All Black oh, Championship yeah, jerseys. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, the sleeve yeah, ones. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, they you can't go wrong with that. The I actually like the black broken. ones now better than those. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't like the sleeves, but that's because I don't like the sleeves. I don't like the sleeves. I don't and think I would like them to LeBron, play in. LeBron didn't like them either. Yeah. A lot of players don't like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you actually idea. look at the numbers, there's like a percentage down from most shooters yeah. on really? how many shots they make. Really? That's yeah. interesting. But it's I mean, not it's, fake. it's across the board, so I mean, it's not yeah. like anybody's getting an unfair advantage. No, right, still, right, exactly. I agree. And, and yeah, I, it, I, it could be mental for yeah, I know, players, I know players didn't like it. How about the, the, the Rockets? Uh, oh, don't, no, we don't talk about the Rockets. The checkerboard. The Rockets jerseys are so disgusting. I haven't seen them. I hate the current Rockets jerseys. Are they new? I no, those no, are last no, year's. They're gonna have new ones this year. I haven't even. Seen. I don't even know what. The home, the home and away ones are gonna be the same. They're they're. I don't their know city why. Edition oh. ones will be different. Wait, hold up. No, I can't find it. Okay. They're is just that, checkered. Is that your? Uh, that was your list, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's it. That was number one. Jordan, you ready? Go? Yeah. Go I'll go. All right, number five. Uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, red. I love the Red Wings logo. I love the Red Wings jerseys. I like the Red Wings are my hockey team. I never had a hockey team until I moved to Detroit, and they're my hockey team. And I love the red. It's just such a classic jersey. Everything about it is just like like they're like the Yankees of hockey, and like it's it's an amazing jersey. Um, number four, the Houston Astros Tequila Sunrise. This was from '75. To yep. 86. Classic. It's that famous one you see at the games now where, with the weird mm. rainbow color and the giant star. Nolan Ryan pitching yep, for the yep. Astros. Ryan, yep. 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 It's a classic. It's so ridiculous, it's good. Like, and it, so it, 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 it's perfectly, it's perfect 80s. Yeah. Um, I, for number three, uh, New York Yankees pinstripes. I hate the Yankees, but I absolutely love their jerseys and their logo. I think their jerseys... If you had to pick a classic baseball or any sports jersey, you would I would pick Yankees. It's just it's perfect. It goes with jeans. No, it goes with jeans. Ooh. It goes with khakis. It goes with anything. It's just a perfect jersey. It's not even original though. I they're, think not, they're, not, they're not the yeah, only I'm team that. Yankees for sure. I don't they're not care. They're not the only team that uses really pinstripes. I, use the, uh, Brooklyn I, don't, Dodgers. I yeah. don't care about the Brooklyn Dodgers. I mean, they're over three with jerseys. I like. I like. I like. <laughs> for three. I like the Yankees logo, so I am picking the Yankees. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's the greatest. I think yeah. it's the greatest logo in sports. Are you going to do what LeBron did and hold his hat, hold the Yankees hat up like this? No, because I'm not a Yankees fan. Maybe Jordan's just a Jay-Z fan. I am not a Jay-Z yeah. fan either. <laughs> oh. I am not a fan of either. Uh, number two, Houston Rockets away from 1997 to 2003. These are actually, weirdly enough, side note, uh, these are the most hated Houston Rockets jerseys by Houston fans. Hmm. 
which I find very strange because they're my absolute favorite Rockets jerseys. It's the jerseys I grew up with after the red ones. Uh, these are the ones I know most. Uh, they mean a lot to me. And sentimental value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sentimental I like value. them, and I was never a Rockets fan. Right. So. I, I, it's so cartoonish, and it's perfectly 90s. It's, yeah, late oh, 90s. Oh, yeah. those yeah, ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do like, like those. Like late 90s. I actually do like those. In it. Yeah, with the little face. Yeah. I mean, yep. yeah, the Sonics, yeah, the Rockets, you had the... The Suns, yeah. Every oh, every the team Suns, had these ridiculous Dude, like cartoons. I forgot about okay, them. but let's talk for a second, real quick, about the Pistons aqua lime green nasty. I love it. The oh. Grant Hill jerseys. No, yeah, I like, them. Uh, I like it. That's the same. Like I'm same torn, thread. but it's the, the same. same. It's the '90s, late '90s. There NBA is not a it '90s. Yeah. There is not a jersey from the '90s that, in the NBA that I don't like. I love every single one. Every single one. Um, All of them. Ooh, Even the Spurs had color in their jerseys at one point. They did. That's right. The Spurs yeah. did. I forgot you know about when they were the winning Pacers. their championships? No, that's before Even they the won Pacers their championships. Well, they won their first championship with that jersey. No, I don't. Bland. Well, well, there's, like a the few, there's a few bland ones. Okay. Yeah, like but, okay. but I mean, it's, you know. I got you. Overall, most of the jerseys back then were great. Uh, number one, my absolute favorite jersey of all time. I fell in love with this as, I fell in love with this as a kid. The Toronto Raptors jersey. I picked away, but I, I like home and away. It's literally got a cartoon dinosaur on the front of it. It does not get any better than that. As a kid, when I was in love with Jurassic Park and I saw there was a, a, a basketball team with, with a dinosaur on it, I just thought it was the coolest thing. To this day, I, I I can't. I don't think I'll ever find a jersey that's better than that. That is the perfect jersey. I just I just remember Vince Carter and uh, yeah. Tracy McGrady yeah. tearing oh, yeah. up in yep. those jerseys. Yep. So and first again, you like Jay Z, now you like Drake. Drake is with <laughs> Drake, Drake. Honestly, Drake wasn't anything back then, and he only he he he's modern Raptors. Look how frustrated he's getting. We'll talk about Drake a little bit in the UFC. Uh, Portion too because yes, we will. Look at that segue. I'm getting yeah, hanging. Right. This. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of. I'm. I'm sort of segueing. I still have to go through my list. Yeah. We still got your damn. All right. So my list. Jordan's not going to like my first one. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys double star unis from the mid '90s. Oh no. Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. They had a star on each shoulder. Stupid. Oh yeah. Fantastic. What are you doing? Oh, I'm gonna sneeze. Look up at the light and breathe in. Okay. I want to get like, that on okay. audio. That's that's to me. That's uh, so. Like I was saying, like I didn't have a football team in the mid '90s. Mm -hmm. uh, the Browns left, so I kind of like latched on to like players I liked and stuff like that. And uh, I loved uh, Emmett Smith. Um, so uh, I loved it. They they don't wear those these jerseys like anymore. But like in the mid '90s when they wore those jerseys, I, I thought they were so cool. Um, number four for me, Jordan just said it: the Raptors uh, purple dinosaur jersey. Oh yeah, so mm. good. I mean, it's so good. They they had the they had a few stripes on it. Yeah, they, they were the yeah, dinosaur they were right over the top, and the purple was just so good. Mm -hmm. uh, three for me. Uh, I asked you the question earlier about which Orlando Magic's jersey. Mine is the Orlando Magic. Jerseys from the Shaq years, but specifically the black one with the pinstripes. That's one of my favorite jerseys with the blue lettering, mm -hmm. with the white trim, and just the, oh, yeah. the yeah, yeah, stripes yeah. on them. Mm -hmm. So cool. So fresh. I just said fresh. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, oh, my God. Yes, that's fly. Uh, number, actually, I'm going to switch my top two. Uh oh. So, two is uh, my favorite uh, jersey in baseball, the Dodgers white. With the script Dodgers across, the, I love the cursive in baseball. 
It's just so like old I do school. Agree with you there. I love the blue script and then the red numbers and then just everything else is white. There's no trim. There's nothing on it. It's just white. And when you see him, you can't but help and think of Vin Scully. His voice over the Dodgers. Every Vince time Vince Scully I... and Kirk Gibson hit me. Home run. Yeah, yep. Walk off home run. I can't believe what I just saw. <laughs> so good. So that's my two. And then number one, I'm a homer, is the best jersey the Cavs have ever worn. The black jersey with the blue sash across the front. And the orange numbers. Oh, and the orange yeah, Cleveland. The, yeah, 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 yeah. The Sean Kemp era Cavs yeah. jerseys. Mm-hmm. Yep. The best. I have like three of them, but they're like youth medium, so they fit on my leg now. <laughs> um, so that's mine. That's my top five. Nice. That'll do it. That was interesting. That was interesting, guys. Yeah. All right. So let us segue. I'll use that segue now. I don't even remember what I said. About Drake. Drake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what was Drake doing last weekend? Uh, it was just a typical Drake move. Uh, when I first saw him on the <laughs> Is stage he Irish? with Connor, you know what? <laughs> Ancestry.com. <laughs> because the research. dude was holding an Irish flag <laughs> over your his shoulders. You know what? He might be. Yeah. But, um, well, I, I mean, like Drake. Just Drake kind of is. Spot, Drake like. kind of is like an Irish name, I guess. Maybe he's as know. Irish as Morgan Freeman in Shawshank. Let's <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I wow. feel like Drake just needs to be in the spotlight. Yeah, it's just something you expect from Drake. I, I wasn't surprised in the slightest, but um, I guess there's like some Drake curse going around. They're saying, oh, if Drake sides with an athlete, it's mm-hmm. no good. And what do you know? Sided with the Raptors. That's because he always sides with uh, the winning teams after they've won, and it's right. so hard to repeat at anything. So by yeah. the time that he like jumps on their bandwagon, they're gonna fall off. They got a flat tire. Right. Jumps yeah. On. So yeah. just you know, if the Astros somehow win the World Series again this year, he's gonna be in one of those tequila sunrise. You know, there jerseys. is a weird Houston connection with Drake. Have you heard about that? Well, there's a weird. Drake connection with anything. No, like, he like he like claims this Houston stuff and like he set up. Some, he claims everything. He, he set up some store in Houston, and we're just like, dude, you're not God. Houston. It's like when Beyonce tries to pretend she's a Rockets wait. fan. Like, wait, one more time. Wait, wait. I don't care if I mispronounce her name. I don't like her. Beyonce. 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 Like Beyonce. Whatever her it's name Beyonce. is. Beyonce. Beyonce. Fine. She's, Queen B. She's made the Bee. worst song of all time in single ladies, and she's wow. trash. Of all time. I would hit. Wow. I would hit the boo button if I had wow. a soundboard. Jeez. Time. I mean, Evo made some terrible songs. You know what? Songs. No, you know what it is. She's from Houston, but she doesn't claim Houston, and that pisses him that's off. Right. Oh, <laughs> no, maybe that's why you I don't it. like Madonna. Madonna, yeah. Madonna's from Detroit yeah. and never mentions doesn't anything. No, no, see, it's no. the same idea. See, yeah. So we don't like Madonna. She's a shame. But She's Madonna a shame. doesn't randomly show up at Houston events and try to claim it after Th- the that's fact. True. That's true. That's like true. Like Beyonce does. I know or she donned a bra. A I know. Hard, I know that she, pisses she him off. She wore a Harden jersey once, and I was like, just take it off. Like, <laughs> nobody wants uh, to see I think it there was another it. reason why. The once she put on the fake beard. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, gosh. So anyway, uh, yeah, Drake this weekend was in Conor McGregor's corner, and we all know how that worked out for Conor. Uh, Habib takes down Connor fourth round. I called it. That's right. You, you did actually call it. You clowns fell. Did you say fourth round or did you just? No, say I just said Habib was going to win. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did. No, I did say though that Habib was going to take him to the ground and maul his ass. And uh, he did do that. In the first round, I, I wouldn't say he got mauled. The no, second he round w- was no, mauling. I thought. Round. I actually thought 
when 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 they came out of that first round, I actually thought Connor was in a pretty good position. Yeah, because, Connor defended the takedown really because well. like Habib Habib won the round just because he he took him down. Mm-hmm. He essentially just laid on him for yeah, five minutes. Ground control, <clears throat> but um, you know Connor's Connor's uh. Game plan going in was never to like win a decision. He was going in there to knock Habib out. So mm-hmm. for him, losing the first round wasn't a big deal. No, it was more so him not wasting all of his energy while he was trying to defend on the ground. And I thought he did a really good job of that. Yeah, and when you looked at his, you know, his facial expressions in the first round, he was just kind of pacing himself. Yeah. His breathing was controlled, and he knew yeah. this is it, it, it was bound to happen. Second round was a little different. Second, yeah, second round was a little different. He got mauled, as yeah, you were saying. Smashed. His face got pounded in. But, you know, he got up, did his little walk. He was all confident. And he's yeah. like, you know what? Right. His corner was saying that they were going to try to tire Habib out, which doesn't happen. No. They're, they were expecting to tire him out, and Connor can hit him with a left hook or something in the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. And then I actually, I actually thought Connor was pretty confident after the second round because I feel like he felt like, okay, I took Habib's best shot. Like, this is what he's going to give me, like, on the ground. Now, mm-hmm. I know I can withstand this. I just need to catch him once. <laughs> Best shot didn't come until the third round. I yeah. believe it was the third round. Wait, yeah. Was when uh, Habib hit him with an overhand right. I'm not sure which round it was. Don't that was the fourth. That was, a, the, was that, the fourth. Yeah, because that's that's that was the like the beginning of the end. Yeah, it might have been. Because that happened in the beginning of the round. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> the third round was actually the round that I thought Connor won. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, that's what they people they were pretty saying. they pr- they pretty much stood the whole round, and I and I thought Connor landed the most shots. Yeah, but um, ultimately. Habib took him down, uh, got him in a neck crank, which people thought it was a choke, or they thought no. the choke wasn't in. But with uh, a submission like that, a neck crank, what it basically does, it rips your jaw. Yeah. It, like essentially, if he would have held that could've in for a few more jaw. seconds, could have ripped his jaw. Yeah, right yeah. off. So he tapped, and then there was nothing the real Connor could have done. Yeah, no, he nothing. had to tap. I mean, as soon as he got Connor's back and uh, sunk in so, the hooks, yeah, the, the the UFC term, he sunk in the boots. Yep. And. Uh, uh, Connor had no chance. I mean, he no. wasn't. Uh, and that's when the real fun did. began when oh, Connor God. tapped. Oh. <laughs> so what, uh, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about what happened after. So, so, so obviously the whole Connor and Habib thing it goes back further than just you know. That, we kind of talked conference. about it. We kind of talked yeah, about it last no, week. Yeah, we, we, don't, like, we don't have to go he, over it again. He attacked the bus and all that. Yeah. yeah but, well, um, well, it start, You know, it started with uh, Habib's guys cornering one of Connor's guys and slapping him around and mm-hmm. stuff like that. A lot then, of bad then, blood. Then Connor uh, retaliated by flying a bunch of his hooligans over in a private jet to New York where they were doing a press conference for a fight that one of Habib's guys was going to be fighting in. And Connor originally wanted Habib to come off the bus. Habib wouldn't, uh, you know, because why He's would you? An idiot, yeah. <laughs> so then Connor threw a freaking uh, hand truck through the bus window. The dolly. Yeah. Threw right at the bus. And but, ended uh, up uh, injuring a couple guys, and mm-hmm. so they had to cancel a couple fights, mm-hmm. and uh, cost a bunch of bunch of people a bunch of money. Yeah, and w- which ultimately should have been suspended. Right. Should have um, been suspended. Yeah, but it's Conor McGregor. He's the but, biggest star yeah, in the sport, so Dana's he can do it. Dana's not going to suspend Conor yeah, McGregor. So they he's, used all that. Cash cow. They used all of that for promotion to hype this fight up, mm-hmm. and that definitely pissed Which Habib off. Which is very controversial. Yeah, that that you know that pissed off Habib's whole team, and like I said, so Connor taps, and uh, Connor's training partner Dylan Danis, who's also a fighter, who's a phenomenal wrestler, and who trained with Connor to prep him for Habib with wrestling. He was talking smack the entire fight. Habib looks over at him, throws his mouthpiece at him. He's talking to Connor's corner. And I mean that's normal. Yeah. Like, it, it, we've seen so, that before. People getting angry after. Yeah. So Habib, Habib is a practicing Muslim. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things that you know, is, I, I'm pretty sure, sh- and and I don't know if this is sacred with the Muslim religion or just like his family. Like he was talking junk about his dad. Okay. And uh, so that was that was strike one. Strike two is talking about his religion, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, basically, you know, calling him every single. Uh, like a Muslim uh, derogatory story, Muslim yeah. uh, thing in the in the you know calling him a terrorist and all this stuff yeah, yeah. and uh, said something else I can't remember there were three things that, just in his family yeah just like yeah and family Habib dad, just snapped mm-hmm. so Habib Habib climbs over the cage jumps over the cage and like tries to like double foot stomp Dylan Dennis yeah it looks full eagle like yeah. his nickname is wow. eagle and he like yeah. he jumped like frame. ten feet in the air mm-hmm. like and he was trying to stomp that dude in the head yeah so oh they, they eventually broke because that the, up. The cage is like five feet above yeah, the ground anyway. Yeah, so yeah. when you're stand, if you're like 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 our height, yeah, and you're standing at the cage, you're like probably chest down is below the cage, mm-hmm. yeah, or below the mat. So like he's already got like a uh, height advantage to mm-hmm. like launch at him. So he jumps as high as he can in the air, like picks his which legs is up. probably pretty high for an athlete. Yeah, and picks his legs up and just tries to stop. I mean, he missed, but tries to like stomp him. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, like it was it was a little extreme for them to say that, like it went into the it didn't go into the crowd like yeah. that's not what happened like that that those areas for those teams are all like mm-hmm. like it's all UFC like not roped not roped off but they're like right. have you ever seen like a box like in an NBA game yeah. where it's just like like yeah, it's that, that like area, nothing yeah. ever went into the crowd there was no innocent bystanders no right <laughs> innocent bystanders yeah, no it wasn't palace no. of the palace no no, no it's not because <laughs> I, I heard people comparing it to that no like, there's no Ron Artest fighting so they they so, it, so they knew that they knew that it was obviously they knew that it was going to be really combustible going in <clears throat> so they had a ton of extra security down there around both. Uh, God, imagine corners. trying to stop one of those guys. Oh my gosh! Oh man, that's scary. But the actually the worst part about it is when uh, Habib's guys actually jumped into the octagon and started attacking Connor. The dude in the red. I don't. I forget his name. Uh, and they're all fighters. Punch, yeah, they're all fighters. But the video actually shows Habib's teammate runs up to the cage after Habib hops out. He looks over the cage and he's like, <coughs> seeing what's going on. And Connor, I, I guess maybe his train of thought was, oh, he's going to go attack like my guys too. Mm-hmm. So Connor throws a punch. So essentially, he threw the first punch inside the octagon. And then the two other guys, uh, two other Khabib's teammates, hopped into the ring or the octagon yeah. and sucker punched him, essentially. But I think, I think the, the, the first Habib dude, the one that Connor swung at, I think yeah. egged him on. It's not like Connor oh, yeah. was like looking to swing at him. Yeah. Like Connor just basically had his face broken. Mm-hmm. Like he was. When when Habib jumped over the cage, like Connor was just like sitting on the mat, like because he had just got he had just tapped out. Yeah, yeah. So he was trying to recover, and then like Habib's guys, like one of them was like in the ring and started like talking Storm, junk yeah. to him. And uh, when Habib uh, jumped into uh, out of the octagon, that's when Connor got up. He's like, oh my, like yeah, he's attacking attacking his he's teammates. attacking his yeah, yeah, his, yeah. his team. So it was just crazy. And then yeah, the dude in the red that jumped. Over that the was fence the worst into one. Mm-hmm. he started like he hit Connor from, like, behind. from behind in the head mm-hmm. and then was throwing body shots at him mm-hmm. and that's then they got all separated so mm-hmm. it was I mean but after that he actually he even admitted he's like yeah this was all calculated I was gonna do it either way who said that the, the dude in the red oh yeah, yeah yeah he said he was gonna like it was planned it wasn't just a spontaneous right, thing I like, oh, it wasn't like, just happening. some spontaneous yeah Habib knew what was gonna happen and they all knew mm-hmm. it was gonna happen yeah I don't Connor think didn't. the UFC didn't know it was going to no, happen. No, absolutely. But like they those guys had all been like, yeah, that's could have so much, a riot. There's so much bad blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, three of Habib's guys got arrested and taken to jail. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to be charged with assault. Connor didn't press any charges. No, no yeah, he didn't. Yeah, oh, okay. I saw that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Which so, is interesting, because I, I find that interesting that he didn't press charges. I just, yeah, I don't. I mean, he knows what he did in Brooklyn. Yeah, and he yeah. lost, too, and he, he's a, usually a pretty good sport. I was going to say, he's actually a pretty good sport. Yeah, yeah I mean, he did, he, did, he, did, he like, he, like, like I said, like, if, if that, if nothing would have happened, mm-hmm. like, they were never going to shake hands. Like, never, right, you know, right. never. But Connor was just, like, sitting there. He's like, he knew he lost. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you know, he was going to take it like man. Yeah, yeah. But then all that crap happened. Yeah. And, and then here Connor, we are. Set Connor's this up already, for a second fight. Yeah, Connor's already demanded a rematch. Uh, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of moving parts. A lot of stuff going on with Habib right now. He's threatening to quit. Um, he, he's <laughs> okay. probably going to get suspended by the Nevada Athletic Commission uh, for what happened. Uh, he might not get paid. Yeah, they'll the probably fight. take a certain percentage. He has a $2 million dollar purse for that fight that, that he suck. might not get paid. Mm-hmm. I mean... Jumped into the crowd. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, invoking a riot, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's really going to be interesting. Connor made provoking. Connor it provoking made, or invoking? Provoking. Provoking. Why was I saying invoking? Sorry. Connor uh, reportedly made fifty million dollars on this fight. How? Lost. So three million from the Nevada State Commission, two million for Habib, but the real money comes from the pay per view buys. So they get the, the, fighter, oh. the fighters get a share of the pay per view uh, mm-hmm. buys, and Connor oh. and so Connor because he's made? the I don't know. But Connor, because he's the bigger draw, he's the mm. he did like all the marketing for the fight, like he built it up and everything. Mm. He's gonna get more share. Well, he's that's kind of like he's how he made now. a whole bunch yeah. of money when he lost to uh, the boxer guy. Mayweather. Mayweather. Floyd. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Like uh, McGregor made reportedly a hundred million dollars on that fight. That's an, oh my goodness. Uh, Floyd made upwards of two hundred and fifty million. That's, that's it's disgusting. Amount. It's money. just the amount of people, yeah. the amount of people that bought it. Like the amount of people. That fight was a hundred, a uh, hundred dollars to buy the, yeah. the Mayweather yeah. McGregor one, and like three four million people bought it. That's a lot of money. Do the math. That's three hundred three four hundred million dollars yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, I think this kind of plays into why I think they will fight again. Oh, absolutely. Because just, yeah. Dana White is just so good at promotion. He's not a very good. <laughs> he's not a very good president. No. But he's great at promotion, and he's, he's not as good as Vince McMahon. Yeah, true, but, but he's really hooked is. on to what made UFC popular, yeah. which is it's different from boxing, and there's lots of drama. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know if this is intentional or not. It could very well could be because he makes money on it, as I think he encourages some of these things. Oh, absolutely. Of trying to, you know, like the the very weak penalties for yeah. bashing yeah. in the bus. And even if he yeah. doesn't encourage it, like he's, I, very, he's very lenient. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think he wanted McGregor to throw a, a, a dolly through a bus window, but I guarantee you, like, there's a reason why Connor didn't get stopped by oh, security absolutely. before he got to the bus. Oh, like, there's yeah. reasons for that. And if you look at, like, a, a similar circumstance, not that it's exactly the same, but Tyson Holyfield. Yeah. When Tyson bit Holyfield's ear, <laughs> he got a $3 million fine... And he was banned indefinitely from boxing. Yeah. So, I mean, it just shows you, like, compared to the penalties he's getting now, where yeah. there may be something, there may not be. We don't know. And pe- people love it. They eat and, it I, and I and feel and, like Dana uh, would have said something about a penalty, right? I, he's probably going to put something out there, but... Because at first he was like, we're going to strip him on his title, and then... Yeah, and then that didn't happen. He's basically he's, saying what, like, potentially he could face a four to six month suspension. 
they could take like 20% of his purse, but it's not, that, you know, nothing's for sure yet. Nothing's confirmed. Right, right, right. For all we know, nothing could happen. Yeah. And he's just maybe suspended for a few months. I will say this it. too, that I think this also has the possibility of transcending the sport itself. This moment mm-hmm. of, you have moments, you know, maybe you don't follow baseball, but you know of a certain moment between Yankees and Red Sox. Mm-hmm. You don't follow boxing, but everybody knows Holyfield versus Tyson. Right, right. You know, exactly. there's certain moments in sports history where, it's a bad blood, it's a rivalry, it's whatever it is. And I, I think that this is why Dana White, like, they, like Dave was saying, Dana White is going to play this to his advantage. There's no way yeah. you wouldn't. Well, he's smart. I mean, he, it's, it's kind of the whole, there's no such thing as bad publicity. He's a marketer. Concept, yeah. And we'll, we'll all remember this moment. I mean, it, there's yeah. just nothing like, you know, a beep flying oh, through I, the air. I'm it's insane. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. I really couldn't believe is. when I watched it live. I was like, is this WrestleMania? I'm like, what, what is Jordan, going on right Jordan, now? Jordan's like, I don't care. Well, <laughs> it no, doesn't matter. I, I didn't care to watch the fight because I just wasn't interested. I don't find Khabib that interesting. And he's I, not I like, an interesting I like, fighter. He really I is. Like, he's just, I like, he's just, he's just he's the technical. best fighter. Right. I like, I like McGregor. Uh, I was into the McGregor-Mayweather fight a bit, but mm-hmm. like, but I didn't find this fight that interesting. But then I heard about this and I was like, oh. Okay. Sets, That's interesting. Yeah, sets it right up <laughs> for a second fight. Exactly. Which I, I hope yeah. happens. I pray that it happens. <laughs> oh, we, he's praying. We, you're you're praying, man. We deserve <laughs> a second fight. Yeah. But All right. Connor, well, I wouldn't say Connors deserves what, it, but um, we'll see. What about, uh, what about the fight that was made today? Let's oh, talk about that for a couple minutes. Which, which one? There's two of them. Oh. The heavyweight championship fight. Okay, yeah. Derek Lewis and DC. Well, the other you talking about John Jones, the other one. Oh, that's like, yeah, like, yeah, light, yeah, light heavyweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight. What? Didn't they do that? Then they, they they made that last night. Yeah, that was yeah. official last night. Yeah, John Jones. So John Jones back. is back. But anyway, the fight I want to talk to because it's got a little Cleveland flavor to it, and try and hold Cleveland down. Yeah, we got always talk about does. Cleveland. Let's talk about it. So the heavyweight championship fight. Uh, going back, the last time that that fight was up for grab or that title was up for grabs, uh, Cleveland's own Steve Miocic was the champ. Mm. He's defended the belt more than any other heavyweight in UFC history, mm-hmm. and he loses because he gets clipped uh, by uh, Cormier and gets knocked out, and Cormier becomes a heavyweight champ. Well, usually, the guy who was the champion who lost is entitled to a rematch. Well, Cormier's fighting again. He's defending the heavyweight championship, but he's not fighting. He's not defending it against Stipe. Mm-hmm. He's fighting against uh, Derek, Derek, Lewis. Derek Lewis, who won uh, this past Saturday. He was one of the uh, undercards for McGregor and mm-hmm. uh, Nurmagomedov. And um, <laughs> he's a character, man. Yeah. If you, if you don't follow him on Instagram, do it now. Uh, he has probably the most interesting, he, entertaining Instagram in the game. He was going to lose that fight. Yeah. I, yeah. He was going yeah. to lose that fight. But then in the last round, with like a, literally a minute left, he was saving all of his energy for one last fear. There's really like 15 seconds left in the fight. Yeah, he caught this dude, and this dude just went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Right hook, right, right over just, the top. Literally just fell to the ground. And that, the thing with yeah, this dude, he has you know one punch knockout power. So it, like when it comes this to guy, cardio, he has no business. This guy has no stamina. He's not in any sort of shape, and he admits it. He's like, I'm not going to get into shape. Like, but if he hits you. You're going to fall asleep. Okay. Okay. So he wins the fight, um, and he even says in the post-fight interview, "I'm in no shape to fight for a heavyweight title right now." Yeah. He's like, he's like, I need to do some cardio. 
Right. Um, so we think, okay, so DC and Lesnar, that's the fight. Brock Lesnar, it's been, it's been rumored that he was going back to UFC and that he was going to challenge DC, mm-hmm. and that was going to be DC's last fight uh, before he retired. Yeah. And then news comes out, DC versus Derek Lewis, which, is in, a, which is in a month. Right. Which is in month. Which, number one, I don't understand because usually uh, UFC fighters take months mm-hmm. between their fights. Usually, like, medically, they suspend them well, for at least, like, a month because yeah, of injuries. their face up. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and a lot of times, fighters like DC, when he knocked out Stipe, broke his hand. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize this. Real quick, I just want to throw this in. I didn't realize this until the fight with Holly Holmes and... Um, Rousey. Uh, Rousey. I didn't, like I was reading about her recovery. Oh, yeah. I didn't know they basically are out for like months. Like, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They're like yeah. seriously. They, medic- they medically them. suspend them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I found so, that interesting. Yeah, it, may, like, it makes sense, but for somebody didn't click in my head until I read an in-depth article. So CM him. Punk, the wrestler who turned, yeah. well, I, I, I guess he fought in the UFC. I don't really call him a UFC fighter because he, no. he's not. He got beat. He got the crap beat out of him so bad that... Well, I don't think he's ever going to fight in UFC again. No, he'll never fight. But even the first fight, uh, he got the crap beat out of him so bad that uh, the UFC gave him a six-month suspension for... Wow. Uh, it was a medical suspension. Basically, like, you got beat up so bad that we're not going to let you fight for six months. Wow. Yeah. So, that's uh, usually that's what happens. There's some sort of medical suspension where they don't allow a fighter to uh, fight for a certain period of time. But this is, like, turnaround. Like, there's going to be... So this was 228, right? 229. This is 229. Yeah, 230. So he's so this Derek Lewis guy is fighting back to back pay per views. Yeah, less than a month away. Yeah, November third. Hmm. hmm. It's insane. But like, the, and, but and and the the guy who was the champ is literally sitting here and every day on like Twitter and whatever is saying like I want my rematch. He deserves. You know what's one. interesting is I saw a uh, his wife. I, well, his wife well, yeah. It? But I did you see uh, DC's quotes today? Yeah. Said, he said that if he was offered a uh, rematch for Stipe, that he wouldn't allow it. Yeah, he, he said. He said, "I know what Stipe's capable of." He's like, "I'm I'm not in like the right like shape or state of mind." He's basically he's again. basically saying that if he fought Stipe right now, Stipe would kick his ass. Yeah, he's saying he would lose. So he's just taking an easy fight with Derek. And Lewis. he know it, like so. DC has a hard retirement date of March. He's probably going to this. This might be his. So there's rumors that uh, he could fight John Jones again as his last fight, but. Mm-hmm. This might be his last fight. Potentially, yeah. Um, and then I'm sure they're going to try. They're going to try and have John Jones and DC uh, fight one last time because that's the greatest rivalry mm-hmm. in UFC history. I'm thinking Lesnar's a no-go anymore. And yeah, I mean, Lesnar Lesnar already went back to WWE, so I don't think he's mm-hmm. coming back to UFC. Mm-hmm. But, um, so Stipe's not going to... I mean, eventually I think Stipe will get another title fight, but he's not going to get a chance to fight the guy that beat him, yeah. which I think is wrong, um, ridiculous. But that's the game. And it's... It's because Dana White makes think, the fights. Well, I think and he makes the fights Steve. because he wants to make money. Like Stepe is a great Steve, champion, right? But I don't think. But he's he a, doesn't have a lot of marketability well, outside right. of. I was going to say he's not really a character. Yeah. Like he's a good man. Like, well, I, I not think that I, know I him, honestly but, like, I think that uh, Dana White might be trying to bring that character out of him because he's saying a lot of stuff on uh, on social media could and stuff. Be. Stuff that he normally wouldn't say. Like usually. Yeah. Like when he was defending his belts, he was always like politically correct. Yeah, like, oh, this guy, I'm fight, like I'm gonna win, but this guy that I'm fighting is really good. Like I yeah. gotta be on my game. Like blah blah blah. Like he doesn't really talk trash. Right, right. Now he's talking trash. Like he's saying like DC knows that he can't beat me, and that's why he's not fighting. He me. said nine times out of ten, I win that fight, and the one time it's like yeah, it and, July and DC admitted it. Yeah, essentially, like he's not he's not admitting that like him beating Steve yeah, was yeah. a fluke. 
Mm-hmm. But he's saying like right now in this point in time, like where they both are at, like Stipe would Stipe would beat him mm-hmm. right now. Like if they were to fight next month, Stipe would beat him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's really interesting. Yeah, Cleveland boys getting screwed. Yeah. So uh, and, I, and D- I hate and, to say it, but like he's kind of a good guy. Not again, like not the firefighter. I, right. That's what I was saying. Not that I know him. And, and DC, I don't know his personal DC's life. DC's going but, to like, beat Derek Lewis. You don't hear of him like mm. getting assault charges. You don't hear of him like doing some stupid shit. Like you hear, but you hear of him like he's a firefighter. You know, he's, yeah, a, he's he, he, he has a, he's a legit. He's got a legit job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a humble guy for the most part. Yeah, humble in, in a way that a, a UFC fighter. Yeah, can as be. humble as you can be. As a yeah, UFC I fighter. mean, and he's a cool. He's nice to his fans. Like you know, so he doesn't play that role, that bad boy role that like McGregor plays or like some of those other guys play. So I want, in a weird way, that kind of hurts him. It but, doesn't sell pay per views. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. But yeah, like you said, right now maybe all the. You know, all the crap he's talking could hype him up a little more, raise his stock. Who knows? But I think that's enough of the UFC. We yeah, kind of rambled sure. on. Yeah, that was a long UFC talk, guys. Sorry. Love You're welcome, it. Jimmy. Appreciate it. Make this a <laughs> weekly thing. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> well, monthly thing because the events are... All right, I like that. Every month. Month, yeah, that'd be a good thing. Yeah, if it's a big fight, we'll do a quick recap. Because I, I, I do enjoy the UFC, too. I, anytime there's a big fight and everything, uh, I like talking about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's, uh, okay, Jordan, go ahead. Knip, go ahead. <laughs> All right, Astros won. <laughs> All right, um, so I'm a little shocked it was a sweep, I'll be honest. God, I can't um, the Red Sox kick their ass. Uh, they're not going to, so. Um, okay. All right. okay. I, I predicted they'd win, Astros would win 3-1. to one. I thought they'd lose the Monday game and then they'd win the Tuesday game. Um, we had talked, I had mentioned two things. I mentioned that it's going to come down to bullpens, which I think everybody agreed, but uh, I think it's going to come down to who has the best bullpen, which on paper, Houston has the better one. Um, and that worked out in real. And then also, I said Marwin Gonzalez is going to be the key, one of the keys for Houston. And he, and he was. He had a lot of hits. No, no, seriously. And I knew this was going to happen. If he doesn't play good, they don't play good. That's how that's how the Astros work. If he doesn't play well, well, yeah. journalism one on one. Oh, whatever. Let's go, uh, oh, nerd. Nerd. Um, <laughs> uh, if he doesn't play good, they're not going to play good. Well, um, Marwin played very well the whole series, especially Game Three, where he had two doubles and I think a single earlier. I can't if I remember. But essentially, we don't, he, we don't need to get into the details. Well, but he played really well. They um, won, yeah, whatever. Yoke the, it up, suck it up, the, whatever. Well, the bull. I, I also said the bullpen was gonna bite. The, well, you, to be fair, you said that. Too, Good for you. It the uh, Indians. Uh, they need to fix that bullpen. They need to get rid of Kipnis. They need to probably get rid of Brantley. They need to get rid of a couple other well, guys. They don't need, need to get rid of Brantley. Brantley's no, going to leave. No, you don't need to get rid of Brantley, but you know he's gonna want more money than what they're gonna. Well, right. Realistically, I would love. I, I, I would love to keep Brantley, but uh, you know he's going to get like twenty million dollars a year on the market. Yeah. and it's stupid to, to. Well, to for the Indians, for yes, the Indians, it's stupid yeah, because they don't have that. Kipnis has got to go. I don't know what he's still doing on the team. I don't care about contract this that. He needs to be off the team. He should have been off the team two years ago, but that's a year <laughs> ago. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. It was also weird. Ramirez didn't show up in the game, in the series. That is. Well, I mean, if you've watched the Indians <coughs> in the last two months, it's not really weird. True. He's, 
batting average over the last two months has gone from 300 to 270. It's kind of weird. And for a guy that's got about 600 play appearances, that's kind of hard to do, to drop 30 yeah, points in a month and a half. That's pretty bad. Um, Lindor was there, though. That's good. He was the only like guy. That's a he good sign. He was literally the he's, only guy. He's been. Him and Carrasco, in which, God. Yeah. Why I, did they pull Carrasco? I'm not. Too? So we'll get to the poll, the poll of the week in a second, but um, I I don't. I, I literally do. I, I, I think they, that pulling Carrasco in the sixth inning cost them the game. I agree. I think Carrasco is pitching really well. He only he he was pulled with about seventy five pitches, which that's you know, not even that much. They got, he hadn't even given up. A, he had the lead and didn't give up a run yet. Like, why are you taking him out? Right. Just because he put the leadoff runner on? Right. Who cares? Right. You don't like if a, it's if a, not if, abnormal for a pitcher to give up. If a he game. had loaded the bases, okay, right. like what Verlander did in, in game one, which mm-hmm. I also I also questioned that move. Mm-hmm. The way Verlander was throwing, like. Who cares if he loaded the bases? Right. You know, he most likely he was going to get out of it. Yeah. To sort of take him out, I was like, oh, that's advantage Cle- Cleveland because mm-hmm. of how well he was pitching. Like, right. if you can just get Verlander out of the game, you know, whatever, you got a chance. Right. And I thought it was the same thing with Carrasco. I mean, Carrasco was pitching. I mean, he got into a couple jams in the first few innings. But generally, um, generally he pitched – I mean, he pitched around it really well. And uh, I – I just I don't understand that move. No, I, I don't get it either. It doesn't make sense. So, um, disregard the sirens, everybody. <laughs> we're not in trouble. Well, uh, another another thing I was I want to say I don't want to say surprise, but I kind of am surprised was Kluber again struggles in the postseason. Um, this time going in supposedly healthy too. So. Last year it was kind of rumored that he had an injury, so we yeah. Kind of there's something. There's something going on with him. I don't know what it is, but man, it's hard to like really started, bash on him because he, he's such a great guy and a great pitcher. Even but. even though he got out of the first three innings unscathed, like mm. like his fastball was was floating around well, like was, 90, 91. He was also missing a lot of. He's his corners. usually around ninety four yeah. with his with his fastball. Yeah, he was missing his corners too. Like he yeah, was, he, he was all over the place. Yeah. Um, luckily for him, Houston was swinging at a lot of stuff early in game one. Um, so they were able to get through, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, guys, did you guys, did you guys, guys watch the games? games? I I caught a little bit of them. Um, I think part of the Indians' problem was that what befell the 2006 Tigers in the World Series. They can't throw the ball to first base. Oh God, Game Harris, Three! Yeah. Oh my God! I mean, Game Three was was everything. I'm watching it as a Tigers fan, going, I'm seeing this scenario play out again. It's just yeah, these guys do it all the year. Um, the other part of it too, and I, Jordan mentioned this a little bit, is I. Don't understand postseason managing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm on the camp of it's more the players, um, guys not performing in the clutch. But postseason can do weird things to people. Yeah. They'll be great in the regular season. The stress does something to players. Right. And I actually think Tito's a great manager, but there's there's something. It's a trend in baseball with the itchy trigger finger for these pitchers. I yeah. don't get it. I, agree. I really don't. You know, you got a guy like a Verlander or or, or Kluber. These guys. I think you got to give him a little bit, little bit longer leash. Yeah. I think you really do. Well, you, Verlander you, is a multiple-time Cy Young winner. Right. Uh, he was the ace of the staff last year yeah. when when the Astros won the series. He hadn't given up a run yet, and it was the fifth inning. And right. uh, was it the fifth or the sixth? Uh, I think it was the sixth. It's the sixth yeah. inning, and the Indians loaded the bases, and they just took him out. Without he hadn't given up a run That's yet. Crazy. I, and I think too that um, uh, the Tigers with Verlander. 
there was games, you know, we played the A's, we played the Yankees in past postseasons. Even, you know, we played the Rangers one year, I think it was one of the games he pitched. Unbelievable. Yeah. He's, they leave him in the game, he's their horse. And I think if you've got him, you've got to give him a shot. Right. You give up a run, okay, then, you know, get your bullpen ready. But I, I don't understand this itchy... And then yeah. you get and, a guy and, in there, he throws three pitches, you, and you pull him. You, you, see, you see this problem with the Dodgers in the World Series last year, where... No, I mean I know their pitching was really bad at times. Right. But I forgot the name of their coach, their manager. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Dave Roberts. Roberts. He would just pull these guys like literally just panic, and you're just like, yo, yeah. like they're just down by a run. Like it's the World right. Series. Like there's gonna be scores run. Like and, uh, so I, I can I can understand the sort of itchy trigger finger a little bit in an elimination game, because then your backs are up against the wall. Like okay. If you see somebody's going bad, you can't let this get out of control. Yeah. You have to try. You have to try and push some button to, to stop the bleeding. But in, in like game one, like I, or in, even in game two, when the Indians are down one nothing, like with Carrasco, like I just he hadn't done it. And and I know I know Tito Francona knows his players better, mm-hmm. and he knows more about baseball than I do right. in my left in my left pinky nail. Right. Like, but I just. I, I, I mean, I agree with you, John. I, I don't understand the itchy trigger trigger finger with managers and pulling pitchers, especially when the Indians have a bullpen that had been terrible all year. Like, why are you going to a bullpen that had, had constantly let you down year after year? And they went to Trevor Bauer, who was a starter, who was uh, pitching, out of, uh, pitching out of place, really, because he had been a starter. Now, he's, he's pitched in the bullpen, out of the bullpen before. But, I mean, he's a starter by trade, and, and outside of his injury, he was having a Cy Young caliber year. Yeah, something was off with him though. I, I, I don't even, I don't know if it was routine was messed up or something. But yeah, he he's just, such a creature habit. Yeah, I mean, psychological, really. Yeah, yeah it has was, to be because he was aiming. He looked like he was aiming his pitches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you start aiming your pitches, you're all over the place. Oh yeah. Um, and the and the Astros are ready to pounce after his comments earlier in the year, oh. man. They as soon as they hit, they they I feel like they got to his head. Well, there was even like, pitches they didn't swing at that I thought yeah. could have been. Oh, because yeah. you see him set up a curveball down low, and yeah. it'll be way up there. Yeah, yeah. No, I know it, it was um, it was it was a weird series to be honest. And um, I think managers too. Let's throw this real quick. Managers try to be too cute, I think, sometimes. Yeah. You see this in football. You know, a team will get down in the red zone inside the five, and instead of taking their star running back and just driving right <coughs> down the middle, you pull a Pete Carroll and try to pass the ball. <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, you try to do like a little cutesy swing pass, and you lose four yards. You know, yeah. I mean, coaches, I think, I, when they're under pressure, yeah. they put it all on the line, and they just try to be too cute. They Go with what works. Right. They outsmart themselves. They're not it, – it, I, I, I wouldn't say Tito does this all the time. So it's not right. like he's a bet. Some managers are really bad at this, but I think just in this series, for whatever reason, I think there was a couple moments where he tried to be I, too cute. I yeah. want to say this well, he, about he, uh, just, just real quick, I want to answer that. I think I think uh, Tito thought, uh, I think he went in a time machine and thought it was 2016 again. Because 2016, yep. this stuff worked. Yep. When you yep. had Andrew Miller, who was literally the best pitcher in baseball, in 2016, where you put him in, no matter what situation, no with that slider that he was throwing that year, like yep. nobody was going to hit that ball, or nobody was going to hit him. Now they ended up hitting him in the World Series, but that's neither here nor there. Right. But um, yeah, I just you know, especially when uh, he pulled Carrasco and immediately went to Miller, and then Miller was literally throwing pitchers pitches behind batters, like he threw a slider behind. I think it was Turner. Who, who's that? 
Who's the one? Uh, uh, what position? The the uh, he's a bigger guy, not Gaddis. Oh, uh, can, uh, the white Tyler White. Yes, he's white. Ty- no, his name is. <laughs> <laughs> his no, name yeah, is yeah, Tyler that's it, white, Tyler yeah. White. I don't know he why was, I was. He was thinking. playing DH. That yeah, game, yeah, okay, but yeah, he touched. As soon as he threw that pitch, I'm like, oh god. So I just want to say one last thing. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Get it out. No, ahead, no, 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 no. Get it out. I'm bring, I'm You're wearing out. your hat. Go ahead. I'm bringing in the poll of the week here. I voted it was the players. Uh, so, yeah, our poll of the week is who do you blame for the collapse of the Indians and yeah. in the ALDS? Do you blame the manager, which we kind of talked about? Mm. Um, and I know I, I just talked a lot about it with, with John. but I, Or do you blame the players? Or I, I voted players. Uh, the reason why, I cannot fault Tito... I don't care if it's not 2016. I understand that that could be a criticism. That's fair. But I cannot fault Tito when he sees his starter struggling to go to, to, to a guy who was unhittable in 2016 and to another guy, Cody Allen, who was generally a really good closer. And even Trevor Bauer, who they, if you remember in Game 7, they put Trevor Bauer in, in and he actually stopped a really awful uh 10th inning or 11th inning in, in game seven and so like th- these guys are proven that they can handle the pressure yeah and i can't blame him for doing that what what else is he gonna do just sit there and let a starter I mean, he, I, aside he, from carrasco yeah i don't know what else he's gonna do just let kluber keep getting hit let that, clevenger keep getting hit like i i don't yeah you know. that was my only criticism yeah. of tito mm-hmm. uh was the um uh was pulling Carrasco too early. I agree. Now, and now, I think you that's know, we talked we talked about it with, you know, the itchy trigger finger or whatever, but right. like he tried to push every single button in those three games to try and get something to work and nothing did. And, and see that's why like, I think it goes to the players. Yeah, eventually yeah. like the players have got like so like for me, the Indians scored five runs in three games. That's terrible. So whatever the pitching did doesn't matter. If you can't score at least four or five runs in a game, like you're not going to win, yeah. and I know I know pitching is what matters in the playoffs. But you have to score more than a, a run and a half a right. game, right? And it just yes. looked. It, it and that's honestly, not Tito's fault. <laughs> no, it looked every single time a batter yeah. went up to the plate, it looked it, they were swinging out of their shoes. Like Josh Donaldson was swinging so hard trying to hit a home run. Like, dude. And what in the world was Encarnacion doing? Oh, what God. is his deal? He was just like he was. It, it looked comical. Like, it was weird. Yeah, so it, it was interesting. I was talking about this at work uh, today, and, you know, it, it's it's getting to the point where the Indians are just becoming a bunch of chokers. Mm-hmm. And for them, I think, to get over the top, I think they need to bring in, like, even if it's not guys who you're going to count on every day to produce, they need to bring in a couple guys that have won the World Series, that yeah. have gotten over that hump. They have a bunch of guys who have gotten to the playoffs multiple years in a row, but guys, when it when it counts, when it matters, don't know what to do to get over the hump. They don't know the right approach. They yeah. don't know. They don't know how to do it. And they had, uh, you know, Jason Giambi. You know, he was forty three years old. <laughs> yeah. But the dudes won a World Series. Like he knows what it. So right. even in the clubhouse, in the locker room, like he knows like. He can help settle guys down when they're when the pressure's on. He can help um, be another eye with you know you know what did you see in that at bat? Like this is what I saw from this pitcher, like from the dugout, like all this well, stuff. And a guy who's been there. I, and they had in 2016 when they went all the way to the World Series and they had a three-one lead. I'm not gonna say they it, 
last year against the Yankees, they, they flat out choked. Hmm. I think in the World Series, yeah, they had a 3-1 lead. I don't think they choked. I, there I were, think that there should were, be viewed as were, they took the There were a lot games. of wacky things that happened in yeah. that Game 7 that yeah. I, I wouldn't consider choking. Yeah. But, like, that year they had Mike Napoli, who had been with the Red Sox, who'd won a World Series, who knew how to do so it. Play with they with the, the Rangers, who had almost won the right, World Series. Right, the and they got to the World Series doing that. Last year, Mike Napoli was gone. They bring in Encarnacion, who... Hasn't well, done any, you know. He, they he also had Bruce, who played really well, and right? They didn't but really but I mean, like I'm right. saying, like they lost that presence in the, in yeah. the locker room, in the clubhouse, in the dugout um, that helped them get through those. And and they just like last year, they flat out choked yeah. against the Yankees. I mean, there's no other way around it. Yeah. I will say this real quick for the Indians moving forward. Um, it's going to be an interesting off season. I really do. Um, I think the mistake would be to want somebody big like a Bryce Harper. I'm oh, pretty yeah, sure I'd, Bryce Harper. I don't. I. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Let's say. Let's just. Yeah. For the moment, no, let's I say agree. he would. I, I wouldn't bring him here, even if he wanted to come here, just right. because I don't think that's what the Indians need. Right. They tried it with Encarnacion, another big bat. I think you have to look at really look at your farm system, look at and be smarter about building a team. I think uh, moving forward, one of the things that I, it's 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 going to be interesting because Joe Madden did this a little bit is small ball. Yeah. And base running. Right. And I'm not saying that was the Indians' well, Achilles' heel, they but actually, they, they, and the, the Indians actually did a lot of that this year. They actually led. I, I think they were the top or led the American League in stolen bases this year. And I think to the offseason, you got to keep building on that trend. Yeah. I do. I do agree though with Dan. I don't disagree with you, but I do agree with Dan. Like I'm just gonna throw a name. Nobody jump on me because I know I don't know what his contract is. Yeah. I don't care about any of that yeah. stuff. Uh, pick up somebody like a Bryant or a Rizzo if they're available. Right. Someone who is still in their prime. Who has literally won the World Series? Who has performed and worked yeah. in, in other postseasons? Again, I'm not literally saying those guys. I don't yeah. know if they're available, but no, like, pick someone up like that. Don't go for a Harper, who's going to cost two hundred or however much million a year. You know, well, in a con- but Bryant, like, Bryant is going to cost that much. But in that case, I would be okay. I think that would be a smart idea if you could right. do it. I don't think he's a free. I don't think he's uh, again. A free I just picked a random right. Guy. I, I'm just, yeah, pick a guy. I, pick I any. Pick any guy who's had success in the last right. four years. Like say, yeah, somebody yeah. from the Cubs. Right. You know, Even, somebody like uh, Ben Zobrist or yep, somebody yep. like that. Somebody the like Indians that. Indians need outfielders. So you, yeah, exactly. You have to get rid of Kipnis. I don't care if all the Indians fans like him. You have to get rid of him. It's over. Well, I, yeah, I think so. I, I think uh, Brantley uh, has that, to go because of his cost. You have uh, to Jose, Jose Ramirez is going to uh, be the second baseman. I think next year they're not going to keep Donaldson. He's going to cost too much. Um, but Which, I think well, see that kind of sucks. I think they probably should keep Donaldson, but, uh, he's but gonna, I know what you mean. He's he, going to cost too much. Cost well, too Chris much. Bryant could be available this offseason because he refused an extension today. There you go. So yeah, but maybe Chris Bryant. Well, the, ne- oh, okay. the, ne- the next right. time, the next One. time, the next time the Indians <laughs> uh, sign a uh, free agent to a uh, twenty million dollar a year contract. More than three years will be the first time. Yeah, I just don't that they can't. I I would. I mean, God, I'd go out and buy a Chris Bryant jersey tomorrow if that right, would happen. Right. But <laughs> I just it's not feasible right. the way that the market. Now is the, the last thing I want to talk, unless you guys have more about the Indians. No. The last thing I want to say about the Indians. What do you guys do? What do you what do you do about Kluber? He is a huge asset. Could be used in a trade. Or do you think no? He's a workhorse in the regular season. Let's give him one more or less chance at the playoffs. Or do you think he's proven that he cannot handle the pressure? What do we do about Kluber? I I don't think you give up on Kluber. I okay. I think I, I think next year you're going to see uh, if he's healthy, you're going to see Trevor Bauer kind of ascend into that the ace the ace role, okay. like the guy that if the Indians get back to the playoffs, he's going to be your game one starter. And I I think you're going to see Kluber 
I think Kluber's still going to be a really good pitcher for the next couple of years, but I think not having to have him as the workhorse, which I think kind of hurt him the last few years, he kind of broke down. Um, you know, having him pitch like a game two or a game three in the series where, you know, he's not counted on to go try and start strong for the series, um, I think uh, will benefit him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I mean, the talk's going to be there all year, man. Yeah. The talk is going to be there all year. How now? For, I, I think for, it's fair. I think for, it's fair. For, like, the, the postseason, he was really good in 2016 until the end. No, 2015 as well, right? Or was it 2016 where he was really They didn't make the playoffs in 2015. Oh, my bad. 2016, when they went to the World Series, he was really good up until the end where he kind of ran out of gas. 2016, they had so many injuries with their pitching that he was essentially the only pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um and they tried to pitch him on short rest against the yeah, Yankees, and that blew up in their face. So I, I think they hold on to him. Yeah, like they, they've been talking about it on Sports Talk Radio about possibly trading so him. I think that's just they, something. Do they do what the Astros did and devolve him out of the ace role? Like Keiko used to be our ace, but they realize he's no longer that ace. I could see that. They got, they got Verlander and Cole. Yeah. And so now the rotation is, you know, the start is Verlander, Cole, Keiko. So yeah. do you think you could see a situation where they might pick up a, a, a new ace or pick up a guy who could become an ace uh, and then maybe put Bauer, that other guy, and then Kluber? I think I that's more. That I think that's next next year more of a more of a like like Houston got Cole mm-hmm. in the winter, like yeah. in the winter meetings, yeah. whatever. I think the Indians could go after a guy like a, an ace type pitcher who's on the last year of his deal at like the trade deadline next yeah. year, to where you know you're renting him because you're renting him, you might not have to give up as much. But also, you're not going to have to pay his full salary for the year, right. and that's that's really big for the Indians because whether we like to say it or not, the Indians are hindered by Price. the market that yeah. they're in. Yeah. They can't overspend for free agents; they just can't do it. Well, here's something else. I think if, if you're going to do if you're going to deal on the books, <coughs> ask your question, Jordan. Yeah. If you are going to trade him, you would need a haul. I mean, we're oh, talking. Yeah. That's true. You would that's need to true. get something like David Price when the Tigers traded David Price. We had yeah. him for about what, half a season or something yeah. like that. Right. Um, what we got in return was invaluable. The only problem I would have with that is, would it set the Indians back for next season, that's but rebuild them for the next year? And that's what I think. If you're going to go long term for the front office perspective, now you've bombed out twice. You went to the World Series. You almost reached the mountain, but now you've kind of in the DS. Yeah. If you're going to reload. I don't have a problem with it necessarily from an owner's perspective because, let's face it, the AL Central is garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't see the Tigers, it's White still Sox. It's going to be garbage show. for the next right. year. Right, so you could still win the division. Why the Indians really have to make sure they're still trying here. Well, I, they that's like, true. I, yeah, I definitely think that they, they're going to be. like yeah, The Indians are going to be the – no matter what happens, like even if Brantley leaves, even if, you know, whatever, the Indians are going to be the prohibitive favor to win the division yeah. again yeah. next oh, yeah. year. Yeah. But my question is, is, is the front office willing to say – we're going to take a step back this year, get a haul, yeah. and then reloading in the next year. Yeah. And the other question is, are our fans going to be patient enough for that? And that's the question. I don't know. Well, be but, it's, it's, so, but if you're going to trade him, you have to get up so the, the, a, a bounty in return. Yeah. Oh, the the, the, the Indians fans have a scab on on their body from the organization for trading Cy Young winners away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, they traded back-to-back Cy Young winners away, and I... Just now, because the Indians have had this run of success, the fans haven't really cared much about it. But up until the last three years, it's all anybody's wanted to talk about for the last decade. Yeah. Um, so I, I really don't think they can afford to trade Kluber. Uh, they would, for me, if they were going to do it, you know, obviously you're not going to get an established frontline starter from him for him in return. 
But I think you definitely need a rotation uh, caliber starting pitcher. Uh, that way you can possibly slide the guy you get down in the rotation and ascend guys like Bauer and Carrasco up uh, the ladder. And I even think Clevenger is going to be much better next year. <clears throat> so I definitely think the Indians, even without Kluber, would still have very, very good starting pitching. Um, yeah. But yeah, you would you would need to to me you would need to get that and then you would need to get a bunch of not a bunch a few of um, some prospects who are going to be ready to uh, help the major league club either late next year or the year prior because the Indians still have this window of going to the playoffs for probably the next two years mm-hmm. um, just because the division's so bad so they need guys to be able to help them in the playoffs and, in, and later in the year. So and I will say this too, the Tigers, looking from a Tigers perspective, now that our window's closed, that window closed us awfully quick. Yeah. So you have to make the right moves. I'm right. not saying trading Kluber's the right move. I don't know what the right yeah. move is. I, I'm not yeah. running that team. But I don't think it is. But I, I would tend to not either, but I, if that window closes so fast, next thing you know, it's like the Tigers, we're sitting here, yeah. you know, Detroit's looking at a baseball team where right. we're struggling to pull fans through the gate again. So yeah. I, I, I do think that, I, I don't think the Indians are going to be are going to sign uh, any big free agents this year. Um, I think what you see is what you get. Now you're, you're probably going to lose Brantley. The problem is with, with free agents that they have out Outgoing, it's about forty-seven million dollars uh, in salary, but a lot of that's going to be taken up with uh, arbitration and uh, just normal players' raises in mm-hmm. their contracts. Mm-hmm. So I like the Indians aren't going to like. There's no cap in baseball, obviously, but right. where the the Indians are actually just above the league average in salary. Usually, they're in the bottom third. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they're going to. Uh, be able to justify spending money uh, again on for like they're not going to go out and get an Encarnacion for twenty million dollars a year for three years, um, just because I, I think they're not going to have uh, they're not going to have a big jump up in season ticket sales, just because the way that they perform the playoffs. Like yeah. after the World Series year, everybody was like, "Oh man, we're coming back! Like we're going to win it this year!" Like yeah. they had a big big jump, right. and then even last year they still had a lot of. Uh, they still had a really good base, uh, but that was just because oh, that was a fluke. We lost the Yankees, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's a fluke. We're back again this year, whatever. Now I think there's actual concern with the fan base about where the team is moving forward. So I think that I don't think they're gonna have a lot of money uh, to play with. So I yeah, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm glad I'm not paid to know that answer. Yeah, but it'll be interesting for sure. Definitely. So are you are you done? Are you done gloating? We've been talking about the Indians last I know. Few I t- All right, so real I quick. Even, I didn't even really want to. Who's going to win the ALCS then, John? I hate to go against you, bro. Oh, I don't you, see the Red Sox. You guys are stupid. Dave. Astros in seven. Okay. Uh, I like to give you crap, but I actually do think the Astros are going to win. How many? Like, how many games? So the Red Sox have home field advantage. So yeah. games one and two are Boston. Is it two three two or two two one one one? Uh, two two one one one. Okay, so three four and six will be in Houston. Yeah. Astros in six. I also say. I, I generally, I generally by rule don't think the home field advantage matters much in baseball, but uh, man, Fenway Park in a game seven would be tough. Scary. That'd be tough. Um, I also say Astros in six. I would be terrified if it went to seven games. But I hope. I just don't think Boston's 
starting pitching is good enough, that, especially going up against that's Houston. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's my I mean, the Indians probably have the second-best starting pitching staff in baseball, and they look like garbage compared to... The question's going to be is if David Price pitches. That's That's, that's key. the key. That's the right. linchpin. And generally, line. he's garbage oh, in playoffs. Right. Also, so if, if, Porcello has been awful in playoffs, too, and he only had one good game. And sales iffy in the playoffs. Yeah. All those guys, you don't know what you're going to get in the playoffs from yeah. those guys. No. Yeah. But I the, 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 the way they came out against the Yankees, I believe it was game... Was it game two, game three, when they exploded for all those runs? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that Red Sox offense can bite on you. Oof, so. That was a weird game. Yeah. Very weird game, but very, very weird. But And Craig Kimbrell's the best closer in baseball, so if they can survive. And Kimbrell Especially almost. when he's got that uh, pine tar on his hand. Yeah, I don't like Kimbrell, but I will say he's the best closer Kimbrell in baseball. Did you almost blew the game, though? They did. Before? Yeah, right. Oh, my word. That was one of the scariest endings to a baseball game. All right. The All Things Cleveland podcast. Let's talk about Cleveland. Some that's more. right. Uh, let's switch gears to something that's going to make Cleveland fans happy. The Brownies. Two, two, and one. We're two, two, and one. Should be five. We're two, no. two, and one. Okay, I'm the only one doing it. Uh, the Browns won. The Browns beat the Ravens. The old Browns. This is a... I, I actually... I, like... I give Pittsburgh so much crap. I actually think I hate the Ravens more than the Steelers. I get that. I hate the Ravens. You know that when the Ravens first went to Baltimore and they played their original season in 1996, their gear on the sidelines was still Browns. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they hadn't changed it over yet. They were originally going to take the Browns' name and colors, but the city fought with the NFL, and the city was able to keep the name Browns and keep the colors brown and orange. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, wow. that's a huge... Like you, can wow. go back, you can go back and watch like YouTube videos on that and oh, all that stuff. Let's turn to Indianapolis. Yeah, <laughs> like Save Our Browns, I think it was the campaign or something. So, uh, yeah, so that's a fun story. I, I hate the Ravens so much. Oh, I hate the Ravens too. So oh, my no, God. I got no love for them Oh, here. my God, I hate the Ravens. I hate... There's there's one guy... Ray there's, Lewis. There's one... Oh, Ray Lewis was supposed... Like... like He's a murderer, allegedly. <laughs> and he's an a-hole. That's not allegedly. He is. Right. Yeah, that he is. But he was supposed to be a Brown. I could go back into into that and how the, the Browns traded for an extra draft pick who ended up being Ray Lewis because when the when when the Browns went to Baltimore, they took the draft picks. They took ev- like everything. The Browns were the new Browns are an expansion franchise. Right, right. Um and they traded for a pick that year before, and it ended up being Ray Lewis. So Ray Lewis should have been the Brown. Not to mention the greatest coach yeah. in modern history, yep. Bill Belichick. Who Art Modell moved the team and then fired Bill Belichick for whatever stupid reason. But that's well, Art, well, Art Modell is stupid, so let's well, put it that yeah. way. <laughs> is he the worst owner of all time? Yes. Well, he's never going to. He, in he's football, a, yes. He's, he's going to be the only Super Bowl winning uh, NFL owner that will never get into the Hall Who of Fame. Who was the Baltimore yeah. Colts owner? I think he was worse, though, for moving the team in the middle of the night without telling anybody. Oh, you're talking about the Baltimore, Baltimore Colts. Colts. Oh, yeah, the Baltimore Colts. Moved him out yeah, of the town yeah. in the middle of the night. That's on a almost bus. what happened with the Browns. Yep. Our Modell would have done the same thing if, if uh, the, the mayor of Baltimore hadn't have, uh, done this press conference saying, I have a signed contract in my hand. The Browns are indeed coming to Baltimore. And then that's when everything just went haywire for the Browns and the fans and everything. Anyway, um, let's stick back to the positive. Yeah, let's go. Baker, what's up? Yeah. So That was uh, a big win. Even though it was a sloppy win, it was a big win. Sloppy win, man. That was a typical throwback AFC North-like rivalry game. 
Um, and we don't, like as Browns fans and Cleveland, we don't know much about that about rivalries because we lose every single rivalry game ever. Um, uh, Joe Flacco was 17-2 and against the Browns coming into that game. Wow. Uh, Baker is now 1-0 and against the Ravens. So Tight. Um, I, I'm really interested to see. I, you know, I don't know if I, you guys probably didn't watch the Browns Ravens game. Or, I did. We actually did. Oh, you did. We did. Oh, okay. We did our homework. We actually. Oh wow, nice. <laughs> I love it. Oh, you guys are excited. So a little, just just a little like out of town. Um, because obviously, you know, I mean, Jordan's not big in the NFL, but he, I, I'll give him credit. He's been watching Browns games. He's been following. Jimmy's watched all the games. We're all. You know, I, I'm the biggest Browns fan I think that I know. But. I'm a huge NFL guy. I yeah. can't get enough of football. I try yeah, to even the watch the Thursday way. night games. I love all of them. Um, <laughs> it's going on right now, actually. <laughs> but um, I, I will say this: I the Browns did not look good. But I, I'm watching the Lions in the incompetence there. It's it was almost the the Ravens pulled the Lions and just <laughs> every single possible way they could bungle that game. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't get out of their own way at times. Um, I will say this, and, and, and Dave and I disagreed just a little bit on this. I actually think the positive out of the game wasn't so much Baker. I think Baker played – he didn't lose the game. Let's put it that right. way. He didn't win the game, but he didn't lose the game. And I think for a lot of quarterbacks, especially in tight divisional games, just don't lose the game. Right. The defense. Especially a young guy. Oh, yeah, especially for a rookie quarterback. But the defense, I think, for the Browns is actually a really bright spot. Yeah. Miles um, Garrett, did he have a couple sacks or just the one? He had one. He had one. Yeah. So, I think overall, though, I think he played. Game, but he did, but he, he played did. well. Um, the guy, I mean, ever since that first game, I mean, he's getting triple, double and triple team. Well, yeah. Every but, I mean, despite the coverage, I think that the run defense looked good because there was no way Flacco... He played so awful. I mean, it was just terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the kicking game was... Better, if, well, I mean, but that's the special, Browns. I mean, special teams in general, though, was bad. Oh, oh it was, it was, they're the worst special teams unit I've ever seen. It's, yeah. it's so bad. But if the Browns had a middle of the road special, like, see, see what I want to see out of their special teams unit. Like a lot of a lot of teams will have guys that can return <coughs> kicks or return kicks for touchdown. You know, breakaway like plays and stuff. I just want them to make all their kicks and just be able to fair catch without getting a penalty on, or, on yeah. a return. Or how about when they do return it, the guy doesn't get pummeled by five guys at the <laughs> same time. How about there's a few blocks and he can get like 10 yards up? But but I, I will say this. I, the Browns did, did I think they did defense fairly well, although really against the Ravens it wasn't that hard. But I think their defense did come up in key moments. It was the goal line stand yeah. um, where they, they forced a turnover and then went right down the field. Baker, they scored the touchdown, missed the extra point. Which was no. ridiculous. But no, I, the point is is that Baker was able to get that ball moving down the field. They didn't do much after that. I think what the biggest positive is is the Browns weren't the Browns. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. So, they almost did with that kick at the end. Oh God. Everybody's heart in this I mean, my heart was stopping for you guys. I can't imagine what it would be like at the stadium. <laughs> yeah. That stupid like knuckleball. What even was that? Well it got tipped. It, it did get tipped. Yeah, okay, because I couldn't quite The announcer said it didn't, but he didn't. Okay, I, I watched the replay, I there couldn't was quite a, tell, but there was a uh, I saw it on Twitter. There was a picture of actually I don't know how, but somebody got the still frame picture of when the ball actually hit the guy's. Okay. So it, but it went in. Yeah. I, that's just and I think for right now, especially against a weak Ravens team, I don't think the Ravens are any competition in, in the North this year. I really don't. Um, I think it's the Steelers and the Bengals. But See, a win against a that win against really your divisional opponent, a win against a divisional opponent is a win. And I think that's what the Browns really, really needed. Um, just don't shoot yourselves in the foot. Take the win. Get out of there alive. Don't. 
I, I think it's really positive that they didn't. The ball management I thought was really really good. I really yeah. do. So that's interesting you say that about the Ravens. They actually came into the game with uh, top five rated offense, top five rated defense. Um, now I the offense thing to me is a little because you never know what you what Joe Flacco you're going to get. That's true because he's very Jekyll and Hyde. And, let, uh, Sunday we got more Joe Fluco than Flacco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so, good. That's good. Uh, but uh, the Raven, I mean, the Ravens are always going to have a good defense. Uh, that's their calling card. It's been their calling card. But um, uh, Dave, do you have anything you want to add? I, on I that? think it's a bold prediction, but I think the Browns will win the division. Oh, oh yes! <laughs> just not because the Browns are that good. Dave, you're welcome back anytime. But just because the AFC North is that bad, I think Mike Tomlin wow. has lost control of the Steelers. Uh, they're not the same as they are the big. They're not the big powerhouse, you know, Super Bowl winning Steelers anymore. Um, Tomlin may even lose his job over how bad they're doing. Um, and I don't think the Bengals are any that good, and I don't think the Ravens are that good. So it may be a case of just. The Browns bungling their way to the playoffs, and their schedule's not I mean, even that hard. They haven't this is, been blown out yet, which I know. is crazy. Every game's been decided by yeah. four or less points. Like, even the Patriots have been blown out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I don't know what's up with the Patriots. The well, Patriots are something weird. else this yeah. year. Uh, they're they're going to end up going 12-4. and four, just, yeah. It's going to happen. We'll see. But, it's uh, going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, that, that's, so in, like, that's so interesting, uh, hearing your guys' perspective on this, because... Um, I a lot of like the national stuff like that I've read is is saying that the a lot of people are saying the AFC North is the best division of football. Well, I, I think the Steelers they don't, they don't the Steelers a, are all over the place. I think until the Steelers they can are, figure out until they can figure out Le'Veon Bell and what yeah. the world's going on there. <laughs> yeah. And the Steelers need to play with some consistency. Honestly, if the Steelers team played with some consistency like they played against Atlanta, the forty one seventeen. That scares me if I'm a Browns fan. Right. But at the same time, you look at their other performances and you go, well, we already, was it tied? Maybe it does, tied the Steelers, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, so, I don't know. It's, it's them, them them crushing the Falcons actually makes me kind of happy because we play the Falcons later exactly. this year. So. See, there you go. But, but I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, when the Steelers are right, when the Steelers are right, like, everything is, I still think they're the best That team locker room's a mess. So but it is a mess. Over the place. And then the, let's just say, I'm going to say Marvin Lewis. That's all I'm going to say. Why the... I think the Bengals could put together, but down the stretch. I, I agree. If with you. the if the Browns are there, the yep. question is, you got to get to December. Right. Marvin Lewis can't do it in December and January. He can't. So if you're there, I would agree with David. The question is, is will the Steelers get their stuff together? And I, I don't and know. I, I'm not I, ready to make that step, but I I, I would say with, agree with David. It's not out of the realm of possibility. The Browns actually don't play the Bengals the first time until uh, Thanksgiving weekend, so they do oh. they do oh. get. Uh, the Bengals t- both times after Thanksgiving, so it's going to be interesting to Marvin see. Marvin Lewis, if, if I'm that, just going to say, I don't know why that man still has a job. I, just, I, I really don't. He's never won a playoff game. Not. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'll give him credit; he gets there. But I mean, thanks to the Texans. That's <laughs> it's true. No, it's yes, yeah. That was that was... Well, what happens when the Texans play anybody else in the well, playoffs? They usually play the Patriots and they, <laughs> they, 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 or they the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or the Chefs. No, I'm sorry. Thirty to nothing, though. Or the Chefs. I, uh, we uh, may or may not work with the brother. So, uh, uh, a um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Browns, uh, if the Browns can like this week, this weekend's game, this Sunday's game is huge for the Browns. They go to three, two, and one um, with the schedule that they have coming up. Uh, I think you can legitimately start at least putting it in the realm of possibility that they can go to the playoffs this year. Hmm. 
Depends um, on which Buccaneers show up, though, too. The Chargers, I think. That's well, I'm saying no. It, it after makes, that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Like, yeah. if they're able to beat the Chargers. Because after that, they play the Bucs, and then they get the Steelers, yeah. and then they have a big matchup with the Chiefs. So, if they can get a win here, and then they can get a win against against the Bucs, they, they go to 4-2-1, and two and one, and then it's, you know, it's all bets are off. Now, you're looking at a game against the Steelers, and I, I'm not I'm not going to be crazy enough to, to think right now that the Browns have a chance to beat the Chiefs because I don't think anybody yeah. no. aside of the Rams can beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Right well, now. Sunday Night Football is going to be great. Chiefs, Patriots. They'll yeah, show who the Patriots really are. Too. That's true. Well, but that's, but that's going to that's, that I think, show if Mahomes is also. I think exactly. that'll go a long way. That'll go a long <laughs> way to sorting out the AFC playoff picture, though. Is For that sure. that's a Sunday night's game? Yeah. But uh, it, listen, I think the Chargers coming in on Sunday. The Chargers. I don't think they travel well. It's, I really it, don't, yeah, especially a, the Eastern Time Zone. I know Cleveland's not East Coast. It's it's but, not going to be it's not going to be winter weather. It's going to be cooler. It's right. Chilly. It's going to be in the fifties. Is um, there going to be any showers at all? Or I don't think that. I don't know. Uh, well, also they just signed a new kicker, the rookie from Miami. I forget his name. The Chargers did. Yeah, they just got a new kicker because their kicker is uh, he pulled his pulled a muscle or something really? last Sunday. So a rookie kicker might be on the field for the Chargers. Some missed extra points. Could be another. <laughs> it could be another case of kicker mania that we've seen Which in the this, past few this weeks. This season has been oh, weird. Been, oh, oh the, the Cowboys released their kicker. The Vikings. Blair, Blair kicker. Walsh can't hit a, the broadside of a barn if he was standing in it. Crosby. I mean, Mason Crosby. Oh my well, God, he missed like five kicks. Listen, Sunday. The Packers. I just real quick. He also Lions, looks Packers. Like he's Sixty years old. The Packers played like the Lions. They were down early, came storming back, and somehow missed enough <laughs> field goals to somehow blow that game. Um, the Packers are wasting away the last Rogers. bit of Aaron Rodgers' prime. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say so. I mean, but that's the NFL, man. When you give a, I mean, and they have to. They had to give Aaron Rodgers that contract. Well, yeah. But when you give a quarterback like $30, $35 million, as a, as a GM, you have to be really smart of how you allocate the rest of your salary cap. Because, oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's... It's crazy. And a lot of it has to do with health. I mean, the NFL, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a demolition derby. For, for as good as everybody's saying the AFC North is, the NFC North, I don't know what's going on there with my Lions, but... Right. I mean, they, they beat the Packers. And, uh, I'll go and back they beat to, the Patriots. And they, they beat the Patriots. So they, right. they, they beat Rodgers and but Brady. The, but then they got crushed by the Jets. They Who else did they play? Uh, they lost to Dallas. Yeah. And they also lost to... They went up to San Francisco and they lost. Yeah. So that was like a close 49ers. game. 49ers. So like, the, the two tough games on their schedule that, that you would that you would think, they actually won. And the games that maybe you think that they, they should or, you know, have a decent chance of winning, they've, they've kind of... Well, it's run defense is for the Detroit's problem. The run yeah. defense is absolutely atrocious. But I actually think the Browns... I think and Stafford's been a little erratic this year. A little bit, a little bit. But yeah. the Browns, that's I think that's their strong point is their defense. I really yeah. do. Well, Stafford, I think he was hurt the first... This is the first oh, he or took. Game. He took. I oh, mean, yeah, he was getting. He, he took like. In that he, he, he looked game. like Conor McGregor. Oh my god! Yeah, he fight. It was bad. He got kicked in the knee. Uh, he in did. the first quarter yeah. of the Jets game, and he wasn't putting any weight on it for the rest of the game. Right. So I can't really put that too much on him. Of he loves to play when injured. He just does. Right. Um, and I think a lot of the Lions stuff has to do with Matt Patricia. For sure. You know, just his coaching style. Yeah. They gotta get used to it, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think with the Browns and their defense, they're gonna be in every game. Um, you know, down the stretch. I mean, we've seen it. Every single one of their games has been decided by four points or less. Uh, but let's just go around the room here as we wrap up on the Browns. Uh, just predictions for the game on Sunday against the Chargers. Jordan, if you want to start. 
Um, I'm going to be realistic. I think they're going to lose this game by a touchdown. or I think two touchdowns. It, it's, I think, it, I think it's, they're going to lose by two touchdowns. It would be a very Browns thing I, to do when you start getting some hope with them yeah. if they just come out and lay an egg. I, I mean, think, it, well, I don't even think it's going to be, I think three quarters in, they're still going to be in it. But something's going to happen, an interception or a fumble or some some just defensive collapse, and they're going to go. They're going to lose the game by two touchdowns. Oh, man, trust in Baker. The bakery is going to be rocking on Sunday. <laughs> wow. Shake and bake. That's right. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think? Sunday. Uh, well, Jordan, since you want to be such a Debbie Downer about all this. Um, well, that side didn't and... sound very encouraging. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Browns by three. Okay, that's. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure. Right there, man. I'm so another sure. game-winning field goal. Oh I'm gonna God. say the chart. It's LA, right? Yeah. I, I'm gonna say LA's kicker. What he was saying is gonna have a chance to tie it up, and he misses it, and we win by three. Okay. I don't know what the score is gonna be, but bold prediction. I'm. Yes. I'm gonna say that Philip Rivers is gonna throw for a lot of yards, but three picks, and I'm gonna say. Ooh. I am gonna say the Browns. 17 to 15. Whoa. Two I'm gonna points. Pick the Browns. I'm going to say okay. it's going to be close. Wow. Hmm. I'm thinking maybe more of a defensive battle, uh, maybe a kicking duel or something of that nature. Okay. So, 6 to 3 Browns. Oh. Oh, man. Really, really gritty yes. old school. Wow. Old school. Like. <laughs> I'm trying to. Uh, Oh, excuse me. I'll try to check the weather real quick before I make my uh, prediction. I know it's going to be cooler. I believe it's going to be the same as we have now, I just cold. Is it yeah, right, right, game? It's cloudy. at 1. Right now it's saying 60 and partly cloudy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's rain on Saturday and Monday in the forecast. So and it is falling really Great Lakes. Know. It could rain tomorrow. Could snow. Nobody knows. <laughs> Freaking snow. <laughs> um, Snowed in Nebraska. I actually, uh, I actually think that... This is going to be a bit of a higher scoring game. I'm going to go against the trend. Okay. Uh, I think both teams are going to get into the 20s. I think the Browns are going to win. Uh, I actually think the Browns are going to win 27 because they're going to miss an extra point. <laughs> <laughs> 27 to 21. 27-21. I think the Browns are going to win. I just think they're right. There's something about ba- – there's I. There's something about Baker Mayfield, the confidence that he exudes. Um, just the, you know, Hugh Jackson said it uh, during the draft process, and I'm hard pressed to trust anything that comes out of Hugh Jackson's mouth. But uh, <laughs> you know, when he says that he Baker was the Pied Piper of the Sooners uh, program, and you know he would uh, he would walk into the locker area and go hee hee, and the rest of the team would go hee hee, and there they go. And, that whatever thing that Hugh Jackson said about they had their own like calling or whatever, and he's just, um, he was so uh, he has such a belief of his teammates uh, that I think that they just rally around him so much, and you hear it like after the Jets game when he came in at halftime in the post game press conference, uh, Jarvis Landry was asked about uh, Baker Mayfield like, hey, did you did you doubt that Baker as a rookie could come in on Thursday night prime time like? National TV audience, you're down 14 nothing. Did you have any like uh, doubt that he could come in and do this? And Jarvis Landry just said, uh, uh, "Never doubt six. He was six Baker Mayfield. Like never doubt six. So I, I just think there's this there's this confidence, there's this aura that's being built up about not just him, but a way the team like rallies around him, plays around him, 
And it's something that I don't think we've rarely seen um, in the NFL in the last, like, 10 years. Just one guy uh, being able to uh, do this for a franchise that's been so downtrodden. I mean, it's it's one thing for a guy to come in and uh, do it for a team that has at least had some success. The Browns were literally 0-16 last year. And I know you guys know what 0-16 feels oh, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know... Just the way that Baker's come in and just taken uh, the franchise uh, over, basically. And I will say this uh, about uh, Mayfield. I think the key will be, at some point in the season, whether it's against the Chiefs or another opponent down the road, like it or not, I think there is a game potentially down the road where the Browns just get their teeth kicked in. Oh, absolutely. It's not not really a question. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And I would pick a road game over a home game, but eventually it's going to happen, whether maybe the Steelers somehow turn around or whatever. Could happen in Pittsburgh, right. Right. But my point is, is not so much that game, but how he responds the next game. Right. And that's the key to any team is how you respond the following week. Uh, I think you see that with Stafford. I mean, in in Detroit, he gets a, a lot of fans pick on him. But I will say this. He gets up the next game and he just keeps does. He plays his game and he throws for a lot of yards and he throws. You know, he just keep right. He's a gamer. Is he Peyton Manning or is he Ryan Leaf? Oh, yeah, like, oh, that's, that's, that's two ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so great. We got uh, we got our predictions in for the game. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be rocking down there. Um, I've told Jordan this. Jordan's lived in Cleveland for a while, but he's never been in the city when the Browns have been good. I really haven't either, and I've lived in Cleveland for 30 years. I can see Jordan sitting in the dog pound. Big old dog mask. Oh, man. Oh, I, I want to get him to a Browns game so bad. Get him in the but, dog pound. But like what I'm saying, like, there's, <laughs> there's not much like the, like the city, like the way that this city just comes to life when the Browns are good. Like, all the stories that my dad, and I've told you guys, all the stories yeah. that my dad told me about the 80s when the Browns were essentially, like, you know, for every year one of the best teams in football. Well, Bernie Kozar, the Kodiak, yeah, just, or Cardiac kids, mm, I should say. I mean, you know, crazy. we don't have to get into the drive, the fumble, all that BS. But, <laughs> Makes you look um, for the Lions. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Well, I'll, but, t- uh, I'll tell you one thing. That stadium was rocking when we beat the Packers on Sunday. That was oh, that was yeah. good. That stadium was. Rocking. I love. I, so so I went to Bowling Green. So I know I've, I've been to Ford Field a bunch of times for the Mac Championship games. I love Ford Field. Oh yeah, it's great. I absolutely it 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 burns my ass that the Browns don't have at least a retractable dome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it, but um, yeah, I love Ford Field. It's one of my favorite stadiums for sure. But. uh so yeah, it's gonna be a great atmosphere. I'm still trying to trying to score tickets somehow to the game on Sunday. We'll see what happens. Uh, but either way, I think it's gonna be a great game, and hopefully the Browns come out with a big victory that we can talk about next week. So uh, we are running real late. So uh, Jordan, if you want to just uh, run through real quick, um, why don't I just do the, a quick some quick previews? I don't. We'll we'll save the reviews. For, uh, next time. I mean, do you do you want to you want to at least talk about a little bit about the concert you went to last night? Uh yeah, I can talk real quick. Just talk um, about your experience at House of Blues. Like, yeah, I was at just House of Blues, Cleveland. Um, sure, many Jordan went and saw there. his favorite band. Yeah, my favorite band, Thrice. Um, the opening bands weren't very good. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> the first one was just sounded bad. Yeah. The second one. They're called the Bronx. Y'all might know of them. They're a good band, but the lead singer's clearly past his prime, and he was just like, "What's up, Cleveland? Let's let's rock, Cleveland. Come on, Cleveland." I was like, "Okay, dude. Like, it's a bunch of thirty-year-olds. Yeah. 
Like none of us want to rock and get you know all lit on a Wednesday night. Like like we all have. Wait wait wait. Jordan doesn't want to get lit nah, on a Wednesday night. Not on a Wednesday. I night. I don't believe you. Not on a Wednesday night. Lit like the Cuyahoga River. I mean like we're oh, talking like. I'm sorry, Randy Newman. I had to throw that dig in there. Randy I had Newman. to throw it. I had to. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was, no, but the show was great. If you've I never, love the House of Blues, man. Yeah, House of Blues is a great venue. And you were um, able to sit up, uh, how was that? Up well, the, okay, up so the... I didn't know this, but not every House of Blues show you're allowed, does your general admission ticket cover the upper seats? No. Hardly any of them do. I didn't know this. Uh, everyone I've been to did. So this one didn't, and I was really bummed out about that. Long story short, Teresa was talking to one of the security guards. She, she gets weird when like the flashing <laughs> lights happen. So she, was oh, literally, I kid you not, like it's she acts weird. I thought you were gonna talk about some quirky thing that she does. No, 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 no. She like gets weird. Like she gets disoriented. Just starts behaving strangely. Oh. And the one security guard's like, "Yo, are you okay?" And she's like, "Not really." And then, so long story short, long story short, she was like, "Here, let's go to the lobby, and you can get your." you know whatever like get your bearings back and then she and then something about like did you want to sit and then she's like no but can my boyfriend sit in the vip section she's like asked there was like this little bar on the top where you could sit and see the show perfectly and she's like yeah that's fine so i was like and i marched right <laughs> over like, okay see ya. so i got to watch a show from there which was awesome i mean i love thrice they played a lot of old school songs which was amazing oh, nice. to me like they let the fans choose the set list, and all the fans chose all the old school songs. And Thri- the thing I love about Thrice is they're like, you know, they made it clear they don't like some of their old songs, but they're like, all right, we'll repackage them in our, the way we can sing them now, and we'll play them. And they did a great job. Yeah. I mean, and everybody loved it. Did he play um, any of his solo stuff? He did not. No? Uh, no solo stuff. They had to play their, like, four new record songs that's, like, required by right. Epi- the Epitaph, or how to pronounce it, the record company. After that, it was all all the classics, so it was really cool. Nice. Very happy with the show. Uh, I'm not going to do it today for sake of time, but I'm going to review a place called Griffin Cider House next week. If you like cider and if you like gin, this is your place. It's really cool. Um, Really fun place. Uh, We are going to burn through the previews, though. Let's do it. We already talked about some of these. So the Cleveland Flea is going on this October. uh, I'm sorry. We do have to talk talk about one with him because he... He bounced out early last week, and uh, oh no, wait, did we talk about this last week? You might have, but I did. Getting real oh, spooky. Yeah, oh, <laughs> anyways, uh, we'll we'll be right there. But so the Cleveland Flea uh, this Saturday, the thirteenth, it's in Cleveland, in three six one five Superior Avenue. Two dollar entry fee. Uh, tons of vendors. Uh, local clap crap. Well, I can't speak. Local crafts. Local artists, local dry goods, local food, food trucks, stuff like that. Pretty cool. Um, it's a, essentially a, a, a hipster flea market. Um, for the east side, that would be on October 21st, and that is actually free. So the hours are uh, 9 a.m. to 4 for, for Cleveland and 10 a.m. to 4 for the east side. Um, Great, Lake, Great Lakes Brewing is going to have their Christmas ale first pour on October 25th. Yeah. 
This is a fun event. Me and Dan have gone the day after, so I've actually never gone the first night. Yeah, I was um, there for I was there the first night last year. Okay, yeah, a lot it's, of fun. it's really fun. You know, it's just a big Christmas party. It, exactly, they and have a DJ there. It's it's so much fun. They're gonna have brew nuts. Is gonna be there if you're into the brew nuts donuts. Uh, there's gonna be um, fancy. so fancy. There's gonna be Christmas yeah. ale themed food specials, and there's also going to be special barrel at age testings. Tastings. So, did I say test? Are you falling asleep or something? You can't I'm talk. Just uh, we've been talking. It's for been a, a long it's episode. Been a long episode. <laughs> um, bottles are going to be available Jimmy's the 26 at uh, the brew, the gift shop, and they're going to be available throughout the city uh, in stores and gas yep. stations on October Can't 29. Wait. Spooky Fest, Mapleside Farms. This Let's is October. Go. This is the LOTL <laughs> yeah. Spooky Let's event. Let's do so, it. This is going to be October 27 I, to 28. We got to figure out if they're doing hay rides though. I'm pretty sure gotta, they are. We gotta no, do the LOTL sure hayride, the spooky hayride. I'm almost Gosh. positive they are. This is why we were gonna talk about it. The, we gotta look online. The, the, the Jag hayride. <laughs> the Jag hayride. You guys are so ridiculous. <laughs> um, so that's October 27th through 28th. It's 14 dollars for normal age people. By that I mean ages. <laughs> that was a really normal awful way to describe that. If you're above the age of 54, you're not normal. If you're above the age of 500, you are. Uh, anyways, Dead. sorry about that. Uh, ages three to 54, it's 14. Uh, two and under is free. A- uh, ages 55 and over is seven. Um, Costumes encouraged. Yeah, so we can get real spooky. Let's do it. And finally, this is really big news if you're into Mexican food. La Plaza Supermarket has announced they're opening up a separate taqueria within the supermarket. So you'll no longer have to go to the back awkwardly to that deli. Is it in the front? Deli. Yeah, they're putting it in the front. It's going to be a separate building were they, in the front. Were they, were they building that? When we were there, that one night. I believe day. so. Yeah, I believe so. Um, they've I'm been excited. doing a lot of construction. So this, you're no longer gonna have to awkwardly walk to the grocery store, go to the deli, kind of. It's, it's a little awkward. You're gonna go to an actual restaurant now. It's just in the front of the supermarket. Same menu, but it's no longer cash only. You're gonna have Ooh, credit cards available. Look at that. They joined op- the 21st century. Yeah, it opens in roughly two weeks. I'm excited. Um, yeah, no, so. really. I still I mean, haven't. I, I still. I've been is, there. I still haven't gotten tacos favorite. from there. This is the best tacos in the town. Oh man, I'm excited. There's gonna be four seating for forty plus an outdoor patio. That's it. Oh, big deep breath. Everybody. Wow, that was a really long. Uh, Woo. We had a lot to talk about though. We got into oh, it. Yeah. Uh, I just want to thank John and Dave for being with us tonight. Thanks, well, thanks guys. For, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for. Uh, uh, listening as well on uh, episodes prior, really yeah, appreciate it. We do appreciate it. Um, yeah, no problem. Are you it's guys nice. in all weekend? When you how 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 long? We are leaving Sunday night. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're so. gonna hang out with this dude for? Oh yeah. We're gonna check out some of the things. We might go check out the Cleveland Flea. So oh nice. Yeah. We're gonna and check the out Westside some... Market. When oh, Westside Market. In fact, if you're yeah. interested, when? Westside Market. Why? I don't know why we're talking about. That. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's end the episode. All right. So yeah. I just, I just want to say thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Loved hearing your guys' uh, uh, outsider thoughts on uh, Cleveland sports, uh, your top five and everything. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thanks for all you listeners who listened to us the whole time. Thanks for bearing with us. Uh, but I thought we had some good conversation. We'll break it up into segments. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's going to, like I said, that's going to do it for us. So for... Uh, Jimmy and Jordan, I'm Dan, also for John and Dave, our guests this week. Uh, We are living off the land, and uh, 
we hope you guys have a great weekend, and we will catch you guys next week. Later. Bye.